Pros do it right by relying on trusted brands because your reputation depends on it. Lowe's is here to help by having more of those brands in stock like DeWalt. So when you need a DeWalt tool fast, you know where to go and where to save. Because we stock the largest in-store selection of DeWalt power tools and accessories of any national retailer. And now you can save $100 on a DeWalt XR2 tool 20-volt max brushless power tool combo kit featuring a drill and impact driver for just $289. Do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offer valid through 616 U.S. only. We can find the player that is the best bang for your buck. The player that is going to deliver the most points uh, for the lowest salary. And so today, that winds up being Spencer Turnbull for 5800 He projects um, for the most points per dollar. And so if you're looking for value, he's a guy that you should strongly consider having in your lineup. Okay, so what goes into these projections? There's, like I said earlier, there's a lot of different factors that the bat puts into these projections. And some of them get listed on this page. And you can kind of look at what they are. So it will list the, the catcher that the player or that the pitcher is throwing to today, the umpire that's behind the plate, the park, uh, if it's a park with a roof, whether the roof is open or closed, how many batters that the pitcher has a platoon advantage against, whether he has the home field advantage, all kinds of different things to kind of help you understand what the bat is seeing. Some of these things have grades within them. So for catchers, there are pitch framing grades that are listed. Grayson Grenier is a plus pitch framing catcher. Jesus Sucre is a negative one. Roberto Perez is a very good one, plus plus. If we go down to Wilson Contreras, he's a negative catcher. And all of these things kind of help us understand um, how these factors are impacting the projections. Each of these factors has their own underlying projection system. And at the start of the day, we don't always necessarily know who the umpire is or who the catcher is or the exact opposing lineup. And so the bat updates on a five-minute loop. Every five minutes, it takes into account the most recent information and factors it into the projection. One of the most important columns to look at is this OL column. It stands for official lineup. What this means is that the opposing lineup for a pitcher or for a hitter, his own team's lineup, has been released by the manager, is official, and is being factored into the projection. When you see a check mark here, it means that Spencer Turnbull's opposing team the Kansas City Royals, their lineup is out, it's official, and Spencer Turnbull's projection is going to be just about finalized. If we scroll down and we see a pitcher like Matt Harvey here against Texas without a check mark, it means that Texas's lineup is not out yet, and this is still just kind of a rough estimate of Matt Harvey's projection. It probably won't change too much, but depending on what the exact lineup is, it will change accordingly. The longer you wait to use these projections, the longer in the day, the closer it is to lock, the more information is going to be accounted for and the more accurate the projections are going to be because they're factoring in more recent and more accurate information. So the closer you can wait to lock, the better. Now, these aren't the only factors that the back can show. If we scroll up a little bit and we go into this right corner to this uh, bar with three lines and we click on this, we see all the different stats that the bat projects and we can decide what we want to show. So let's say we don't care. You know, we know that uh, Spencer Turnbull is facing the Kansas City Royals today. We don't need to know that. Um, we can scroll over. Maybe we don't need to know what his projected ERA is, but we care about how many, you know, what his chance of a complete game is or whatever it is. It doesn't matter. You can look and you can decide and you can customize it to show exactly what you want to show. And it will remember it every time you come back to this page. Now, a lot of these columns aren't necessarily self-explanatory. And so if we scroll down to the bottom of the page, there's a legend and FAQ button. 
if we click on this button, it will open up a legend that will explain what every single column means so that you will know exactly what you're looking at and you can make the best use of it. If we scroll up to the top of the page, you will see that the bat doesn't just work for, these are DraftKings projections, but it also works for FanDuel, it works for Fantasy Draft, it works for Draft, it works for Yahoo. Depending on whatever site you're playing on, you can click on whichever site it is and see specialized projections for that site's salary and scoring system. And finally, if you look here into this orange button, Import into Lineup Builder, if you click on this button, it will import the projection into Roto-Grinders Lineup HQ, which will help you with all kinds of settings and customizations, build the exact perfect lineup for your needs. So the next thing I want to talk about is the bat's new floor ceiling and percentile projections. So if we're on this page, we can click on this uh, part of the bat product. If we click on that, it'll bring us back to that main page. And then we can scroll down and we can click on the percentile projections. These are brand new for 2019. They're a beta feature for this year, but so far they've been very, very useful. Okay, so the best way to think about these projections is as a range of possible outcomes. So this 50th column right here, these are the projections we were looking at on our other screen. These are the normal projections, the standard projections, the average expectation. The 50th percentile is the tried and true projections that the bat has always had, and all of these other projections kind of work around that. So what do these percentiles mean? The best way to think about it is this. The 10th percentile projection means that the player will post this score or worse 10% of the time. The 90th percentile projection means that the player will post this score or better 90% of the time. The 20th and the 70th percentile means that they'll do it 20% of the time. So essentially, the further you get away from the 50th percentile, the more extreme the outcome becomes, but the less likely that the outcome actually happens is. This can be really useful, especially in GPPs. In a GPP, you're trying to identify the guys with the biggest upside, the biggest ceiling. And so these projections can help us identify which players are most likely to post a big score and what the chance of that score actually is. Um, the lower percentile projections are more about floor. I don't necessarily recommend using these to build lineups. They're more for reference than anything else. I recommend the 50th percentile for cash games. Value and average expectation are the most important thing in cash games. Even if some cash game touts try to tell you that floor is the most important, I don't think that's true. I think average expectation and value is most important. But this floor can help us kind of put things into perspective. You know, maybe Joey Gallo is a great play in the 50th percentile, and he's a guy we're thinking about rostering in cash games. But these lower percentile projections can kind of put into perspective just what the possible outcomes for a guy like Joey Gallo is. Joey Gallo is very boomer bust. He's a guy who hits a lot of home runs or you know, strikes out a lot of times. And so kind of being able to identify just what the chance of him putting up zero points or a very low score is will kind of help us feel more comfortable about being able to roster Joey Gallo or at least understand what his possible range of outcomes is that day. These projections can also be useful for putting into perspective performances after the fact. Did your opponent get a 40-point outing from, you know, Ian Kennedy or Irvin Santana or somebody like that? These projections will help you go back and look and see what the...
What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Show here on Roto Grinders. I am Brit the Boat Broken uh, here with my new master of coin, uh, Travis Mangone. Travis, I have dubbed thee with this title because you're going to win everybody the Bucks tonight, buddy. I hope so. I hope I'm the one to win everyone the Bucks. I hope I can win all the Bucks tonight. That'd be pretty good. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I was disappointed with last night's episode, but I get it. Uh, and it was fun. I, I caught up in the last three, four weeks, though. So that was it's been a fun three, four weeks for me at TV, I should say. Yeah, you had the you had like the nice ride. Like the first couple of seasons are really good. And it starts to tail off at the end. Uh, what's normally it's like 24 hours for spoilers. But I feel like this show is so big. I, I, can, can we talk spoilers or is this like against uh. the I refuse to. You, if you want to, you can. Uh, I'll just say uh, I'm not going to say much. But uh, it was. I just was disappointed. That was all. Like uh, it, it was fine though. Yeah. Uh, See, so I got my uh, wore my uh, Roto Wear shirt, and you see uh, the, the people at Roto Wear. They they made the Aria T-shirt. Did you see that floating around? That was great. Like it wasn't Aria wearing it. I saw. Um, I think I saw Matt Harmon randomly on Twitter yeah, was wearing that. Today. A, a bunch of people were wearing it, and then uh, I treated. I uh, I wanted them. Uh, I don't know what Aria was doing, but I'm like, uh, they made a new, I tweeted at him and they made a new shirt for me. So I got to buy this thing now. So uh, about Aria. So I'm excited on that. They're pretty cool for the, uh, the swag out there. Yeah, no, it, it, that was definitely a good shirt. I was actually disappointed with like, I liked the way she killed him, but I didn't like how she like came out of nowhere, like RKO style. Like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> that was, uh, that was the only un- unfortunate thing, but I don't know. It was, uh, it was a tough way to end it. I was saying the, uh, I basically said, the reason why I like The Office so much is they ended it right, right? They had a rocky spot at one point during The Office when Michael Scott left, but they they realized they didn't right the ship and they ended it right. They uh, I, didn't want to just money grab the whole time. Chats told me no spoilers. Some people haven't seen it yet. So we won't, we won't get into what happened. But uh, I don't know. I guess I, the, the ending was okay. I don't really like how the last two seasons went. Well, I think the writing went down. But hey, fun ride for you. I've been watching it since the beginning. I never read the books. I'm not much of a book reader. I, I like my visual action and I like my surround sound stereo. I don't like reading into a book or anything like that. Um, but yeah, pretty, pretty uh, okay. Uh, I guess ending to one of the better shows that have been out there. But anyway, uh, we're on Yahoo for today. And if you're watching over on YouTube and you like us over on the YouTube, I know you guys got your own chat and uh, it's a little bit more, uh, you know, anything goes in, in the YouTube chat sometimes. But if you're over there and you like watching the show, uh, I know you probably subscribe. We've told you to do that. We've told you to click the like button. You probably do that sometimes. But if you want to get alerted every time Roto Grinders comes live and you don't want to miss a show, if you're on the YouTubes or you want to get a notification, click the little bell. Uh, it's uh, over there on the YouTube somewhere. And uh, I believe you'll get a desktop notification or an alert somewhere that Roto Grinders is live. And that way you won't miss any of the show if you want to. So if you're watching on the YouTubes, make sure you go do that over there. Uh, no more Game of Thrones, my master of coin. H- how about we make some of that coin tonight? Uh, we're not going to open the brothels or anything like that. We're going we're gonna to talk about how to win on Yahoo and win some coin tonight. And it starts at starting pitcher. Uh, I've got a couple of tools pulled up that we'll go over on here today. We've got Patrick Corbin leading off by far the most expensive pitcher today. And I guess my, my question to you is what's worse, the Mets going to Miami and getting swept or the finale of Game of Thrones, Travis? Because Corbin's facing the Mets here today. A lot of the strikeout stuff looks pretty good. The one problem is the weather. It's really warm uh, in New York today. So we've got that. I'll bring up the Weather Edge tool that Kevin Roth has. We'll talk home runs. We'll talk some uh, runs scored, and we'll look at that. Um, but are you paying up for Corbin today? 
Yeah, uh, dude, the Mets are terrible right now. And uh, listen, I'm a Mets fan. Like, I, I've been, you know, through this misery for a while. And uh, when they're bad and, like, they have all these call-ups, like, they're bad. Uh, I definitely want to invest in Corbin. I think he's one of the top arms on the slate. Uh, it's a debate. I think it's between him and Paddock. And uh, I- I'm going back and forth, and I want to hear your take on Corbin. But I just think it's because this Mets lineup is, uh, you know, not so great. If you do look at the lineup, though, it's a little more righty-heavy with some decent bats than I thought. But it doesn't matter. They're still not that good, right? Like, it's a terrible line. Uh, looking at uh, Paddock, though, that's a guy I'm, I'm kind of going back and forth on because I hear all this advanced stuff. I always get hit hard and everything. But Dude, like Vegas, they always know, right? Like Vegas is always pretty accurate on it. And if you look, they have a 2.95 implied total. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was actually debating with Dean about this. I was like, you know, Arizona, this team is not like, I'm not sold on these bats. And he's like, well, they're ranked like sixth in ISO against righties this season. And I was like, yeah, that's totally fair. But, uh, you know, they got to be due for some regression, right? And it has to be because of the ballpark factors, right? With the the roof being open and everything Mm -hmm. and the other teams being in bad ballparks. I expect that offense to regress a little bit. So, uh, I'm going back and forth. I'm not sold on if I'm going Corbin or if I'm going Paddock as my SP1. Uh, so how about you try and sell me on Corbin and if I should or shouldn't play? I think it's specific, on Yahoo, right, pitching is the most of any site out there. The pitching is the most important on Yahoo. Um, they they diminished it a little bit to start the season, but pitching is still what really wins you on Yahoo. You have a reasonably good pitching performance. You can get like 20 fantasy points out of your pitcher, or if you go like two for four and it's a single in RBI, you end up with like seven points or something like that. So even if you have a, a reasonably good hitting outcome, your, your points just really pale in comparison to pitching on Yahoo. So you just look at all these strikeouts. I've got this season, one, two, three, four, five hitters in the red, four in the deep red. And this is not including Carlos Gomez either uh, on plate IQ. Uh, if you want to go into our, our Zoom, Travis, you can uh, follow along on my screen there. I think I got the, uh, the link for you. But there's just so many strikeouts in this Mets lineup. They're sitting Cano because Cano's been so bad. He didn't hustle. Uh, They're definitely going to probably boom in New York after that not hustling thing. Uh, So he's sitting down today. I just think that Corbin for sure on Yahoo is a a near must play. I'm probably going to end up using him uh, on my cash games and DraftKings. Uh, I do want to know, I was looking at the Weather Edge tool. It's, you know, uh, Roth has put this together. And the one thing that's popping up here, it's 82 degrees. The wind's blowing out a little bit today. So based on 71 games uh, over a long time frame in this particular thing, the home runs do get a little bit of a pop. The runs get a little bit of a pop as well. Uh, the ERA goes up as well. But I, I got to be honest, I, I'm hoping all that just kind of falls. All the Nationals hit home runs today because they're an offense I like today against Wilmer Font. So I'm hoping Corbin suppresses that. And then I want the Nationals offense to rise up today because they're one of my favorite offenses that might not be as owned as I think they should. Listen, that that works for me, right? Like if the Nationals can hit all the homers and Corbin can get it done, I'm fine with that. And I kind of like the idea of building uh, building Corbin teams with just a ton of Nationals, right? Like the the five-man, I'm totally with that. And the Nationals offense is turning around. They're getting healthier too, all right? Well, when a team is kind of like, you know, they're not healthy and then they kind of like get healthy and things kind of get moving again, uh, I feel like that's good morale, right? Like that's just good. It's just good. Uh, you're in a good headspace as a team, right? And, you know, I think we kind of overlook that sometimes. And I, I, this is just a great spot. It's also, font is terrible. Uh, the Weather Edge tool is telling us that. If you looked at the Weather Edge tool yesterday, it talked about how the Phillies and Rockies were going to have a lot of runs. And if you looked there, you were kind of a little confused, right? Uh, I, I think the pitchers were Eichhoff and uh, Freeland. And uh, I wasn't expecting there to be as many home runs as there were, and tons of home runs were hit. So uh, I'm with you on that. And obviously, you know, Corbin could have a couple of home runs hit off him and still get over 10 strikeouts, right? Uh, if you look at the K props on today's 
today's slate. Corbin has a 7.5K prop, which uh, is one of the highest on the slate. I think he's the clear, uh, maybe not the clear SB1. It's between him and Paddock. But uh, I think I'm edging out on going with, uh, you know, Corbin over Paddock if the money doesn't matter. Yeah, so it seems like you're zeroed in on Paddock as your SP2, and I think there are some reasonably good SP2 options, or if you wanted to get all the bats on Yahoo uh, in tournaments or something like that, you can make teams work without Corbin, right? There, There is a little bit of weather concerns. I'm playing Corbin on probably every team I would make on Yahoo today. But you seem dialed in on Paddock. I'm going to talk uh, some more about maybe a couple of the other guys here. Uh, what See, do you I'm, like? I'm actually, real quick, uh, not to cut you off, but I'm not I'm not uh, as zoned in on Paddock, like, I wanted to be at the start of the day, but I'm getting a little worried because of like the hard contact. I don't know if you want to pull let's, off. Let's talk about him right here. Yeah. I, I'm not worried about the hard contact. I'm just worried about the pitches that he throws here because he, he just doesn't go deep enough into games. And if he's not pitching exceptional, sort of like we saw in the last game, right? Before that, seven innings, six innings, but he's getting by in 89, 83, 91 pitches. He's probably right around 90 pitches. So I think it's less of a concern now as it was earlier in the season but he's still got a pitch pitch pretty good I really don't think under any circumstances is he gonna hit 100 pitches or anything like that. that's just not in his range of outcomes I believe now you go to the weather edge tool right we're talking about it's being 82 degrees in New York you go down to this game and it's like 60 degrees out here so almost like 20 degrees difference you can see the home runs are down as well the plate IQ he has no problem striking people out uh, he does strike out righties quite a bit more than lefties, and we do see that Arizona should throw out one, two, three, four, maybe even five lefties at him today. So the matchup isn't as premier from a matchup handedness to his strengths as uh, I think a couple other pitchers might have today. You mix that in with maybe just a little bit of pitch count concerns. I like Paddock. Again, I don't expect him to have a bad game, but I think the ownership that he's going to draw is probably going to be a little bit too much and compared to some of his counterparts that I think also have uh, pretty high upsides. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm definitely with you. There are some reasons to be concerned. And I'm going a little cheaper as my SB2. Uh, I really like Luke Weaver, right? Like if I was building, you know, a lot of lineups today and I'm normally like cash guy, one lineup guy, I'd be probably lock buttoning, maybe not lock button, but 80% Luke Weaver. I was trying to think right on Yahoo, if I played 10 teams, how much Luke Weaver would I play? And I'd probably play him in at least eight out of 10. I just think he's a phenomenal play. I like the strikeout upside against the righties. Uh, you know, if you look at San Diego, they're one of like the worst teams against righties, right? When it comes to like, uh, you know, putting up runs. So uh, his, been his hand in this matchup is the opposite of Paddock, right? Paddock much better against righties. So is Weaver and he gets all the righties today. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. And I think he's more of like an SB2 on, you know, sites like uh, Yahoo and DK. Really like him over here. So he's the guy I'm, I'm thinking of putting in. And I'm more so debating Corbin versus Paddock as my SB2. I think that's more of the conversation that we uh, I'm having today. And I just think Weaver is just such a phenomenal play. Yeah, and you can see basically every single hitter on the Padres today. Sure, there's some green Woba hitters, right? But everyone is at least average or above average in strikeouts against Brady so far this season. So I like Weaver uh, a little bit more than Paddock, I think, just in terms of uh, I think Weaver has the ability to go a little bit deeper, right? Over 100 pitches in each of his past three games. He gets the handedness matchup. I know the Vegas information uh, doesn't look too good, but you, you save a couple of bucks. And uh, I believe if I was to pull up ownership, uh, I've got Slate IQ. So maybe we can talk about uh, a little bit of DraftKings. I'll pull up some pitcher ownership. Uh, we've got Paddock, clearly the SP2. Uh, right behind Corbin and then guys like Weaver, you know, well below him and a couple others as well. So uh, I like Paddock. I I'm not expecting him to have a bad game, uh, but for the ownership, I think you can go to Weaver and uh, easily keep pace with strikeouts today. 
Yep, uh, with you on, uh, definitely with you on going with Weaver. I think that's the move. We can talk about some other guys in that range. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I think Peacock is someone I'll, I'll kind of, you know, leave for you to talk about. But I want to ask about uh, Jay Happ, right? Mm-hmm. He only pitched 64 pitches the last game in a doubleheader against the Orioles, and I think it was. And now he gets them again, I believe. And Happ is someone I looked at and I said, wow, that price tag is really cheap around the industry. Like, this could be a great spot. But um, any reason why he got that only 64 pitches? Like, I think it was because the Yankees had like a fresh bullpen. And I guess I was basically going to ask you, like, is that bullpen still fresh? Uh, what's your kind of take on Hap? Because I think he's an interesting tournament guy. I think he can get 100 pitches, but is I'm he? a little worried. I mean, just his strikeouts just aren't there this year. He's really fallen off a cliff in terms of peripherals. So if I pull up last year, right, 26.3% K rate. Uh, an XFIP under four, lots of green on plate IQ, really dominant against lefties and pretty average against righties. You go to this year and it's it looks really bad against righties. Baltimore's offense. Uh, yeah, righty heavy today. Yeah, they're they're going to be righty heavy. I'm not really on Hap at all. I'm, I'm not expecting to have too much Hap. He's 8,000. I understand it. He, he looks like he's going to be the third highest on pitcher on DK today, but I would definitely, uh, I think I would prefer Weaver. Uh, I would certainly prefer Paddock. Uh, I like Soroka a little bit as well. We can talk about him, and but but half just not really on my radar. I understand it from the price, but that's a, that's a pass for me today. Yeah, again, like he's not someone I'm playing, and I'm more of like a one lineup person. I just think it's like a conversation to have, right? Like what's going on with him? Uh, you know, let's break it down because you see let's the Orioles. Look, let's go to the recent trends. Let's see. Let's see what's happening here. So it looks like he's changed his pitch count, right? So he's throwing his fastball. Looks like a lot less. He's throwing a sinker a lot more throwing his change a lot more and you can just kind of see the k percentage way down all this you know the the woba is fine over the past 30 days but i don't know velocity's down on, on some things too i'm just not seeing a lot that i like here and and the main thing is just strikeouts you need strikeouts in dfs not a lot of strikeouts right Yep, totally fair. Uh, I just figured we'd break it down, right? Dig in. You're you're really good with this stuff, so I know you've uh, you know been putting out some shows on that. So I figured it'd be good to show the people uh, kind of the breakdown and everything with the uh, premium reports and all this stuff. I'm gonna, if he's going to be 25% owned on DraftKings, give me Orioles stacks all day for that. Um, I, I, w- I would take Orioles uh, contrarian stacks against Hap if Hap's going to draw that type type of ownership on DK. Yeah. Right, so what about Peacock? He's he's a guy that it sound like you uh, obviously you know it's the White Sox. You got to have some interest. It sound like you had some uh, more info on him. So uh, do you have any info on uh, Peacock for the people? So yeah. So Peacock's fine. Uh, very dominant against righties. Uh, much less so against lefties. One, two, three, four lefties. One of them's Tilson at the bottom of the lineup. So three lefties: uh, Alonzo, Mancada, and Garcia. He's good. I, I, you know, the strikeout upside, probably not my favorite pitcher uh, on the slate. I think, uh, again, I would play uh, Paddock. I like Weaver a little bit, but you can't uh, go against the the win probability for him today. It looks absolutely enormous because the uh, the Astros offense should really put up some runs for him. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely expecting the Astros to put up a lot of runs. Right there's uh there's win equity if he you know can get there uh, with the five innings. So totally totally get that there. He's a solid play, but I do worry about his upside a little bit. There's, de- I mean, he showed 44 fantasy points on Yahoo. That's I uh, know, but almost the, 100 pitches. That that was definitely an outlier. It's an but, outlier, though. Uh, it's totally 20 outlier. fantasy points for him is certainly within reach. Uh, I think there's a, a wider range of outcomes for him today than a guy like Paddock, right? Um, yeah. But I, I, because the uh, the Chicago offense does have the ability to hit some home runs, and some of those lefties are reasonably good bats. Uh, but but 
overall, I expect Paddock or uh, Peacock to have have a reasonable game. I just think I, I think there's more of a chance he gets blown up than say a guy like Paddock or or even a guy uh, like uh, Soroka or Weaver today. Yeah, uh, totally fair. Let's go to some other pitchers because uh, I'm kind of zoned in on the guys we talked about. I know you had a little interest in Soroka as well. Uh, you want to talk about him against the Giants? I mean, are you a pitcher going up against the Giants? Yeah, we have, that, we have that today, Travis. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Uh, you go to the weather tools. So not only is San Francisco the best hitters park or the best pitchers park in baseball, but it's 56 degrees. The weather edge is giving me the green light on this today. Outside of Brandon Belt, who's going to hit a home run today? No, yeah, it, it's totally fair. Uh, you know, it definitely makes sense. Obviously, uh, he, he's been pitching phenomenal this yeah. season too. Uh, gets a you know a great ballpark upgrade too. Uh, you know, Vegas agrees, right? It has a three point seven three run total. Uh, I'm not worried about anyone popping up in the lineup out of nowhere. That'll you know have me worried if we get this lineup late. So yeah, Soroka is definitely a really interesting tournament play. Uh, do you have his ownership on him? Because I think he's a guy that you could pivot off of maybe a Weaver or, or a Paddock over here on okay. Yahoo and. Uh, maybe gain some leverage if you're playing some chalkier stacks. So I don't have the Yahoo, but I think if I was to um, compare it to DraftKings in front of me, right, like it's also the same. We have Paddock, who's a little bit more than him, and Paddock's drawn a ton of ownership. You've got uh, a guy like Peacock, who's cheaper than him, also on DraftKings, and Peacock's drawing the ownership. And you've got Weaver, who's also cheaper, uh, drawing some ownership as well. So uh, Soroka's like, you know, in the you know if i had to bucket eight to 14 percent something like that tonight and he, he's a fine swerve i know there's not as much strikeout upside going up against the giants they don't strike out a ton but run suppression mixed with his you know ability to get just enough strikeouts and the fact that I, he has already gone 100 pitches in the season a couple of times i like that the you know there, there's a smallest it's going to be corbin uh and then one of paddock Peacock, Weaver, Soroka, and I don't even really think I have to mess with too many other pitchers tonight. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I want to keep kind of a tight core on the pitchers. I don't want to mess around with too many. So I'm not like, you know, diving into some of these other guys like Jake Arietta, you know, some of the guys we already talked about that I think have some holes in them. I, <laughs> I think I would just keep it really simple and, at uh, you know, keep it really simple at pitcher. That way you can kind of, uh, I guess, space it out more so in your stacks. Obviously, I want to keep, uh, you know, I want, to, I want to stay uh, probably overweight on that Texas game for sure, but yeah. I try, try to maybe maybe try and spread out in other areas if I could. Um, a couple other pitchers people are going to be using today. You Darvish will have some reasonable ownership. Uh, I'm not really on him too much. Uh, a little bit too hit or miss uh, going against Philadelphia today. Uh, let me see. I think we have those lineups. Actually, no, the Philly lineup has not come out yet today. But this is another one of those – weather situations because in Chicago it's 50 degrees with the wind blowing in a little bit and you, you see that and normally you don't see a nine total here today so what maybe you can uh, give me some sharp side thoughts here I absolutely lost my behind on sharp side on the DeGrom outing I bet basically any way I could come up with on sharp side to bet DeGrom and the Mets to win that game so I, just, I lost like all my points and everything on there uh, a nine total 50 degrees in Wrigley with the wind blowing in a little bit. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I'd swipe the under on that. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's definitely tough. Uh, the weather edge tool is one I obviously look at to see. Uh, that, that's been pretty it's, good. I definitely used it. And Less uh, home runs, ER, total runs, not a huge hit, but uh, a third reduction in home runs is, is pretty big for Wrigley. 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that that seems like a good under, right? Get it at nine too if you're going to bet the under. Get it at nine before it goes to eight and a half because there's a chance it uh you know could do that. I don't know if it opened at nine and a half as well, and maybe you know there could be heavier juice like minus one twenty on the under right now. So uh, I, I get it while you can before that hits eight and a half because nine obviously you can get a push if you uh you know if if it ends up going to that that number. Yeah, like I, I'm not using Jake Arrieta tonight. I would exclude him completely from the player pool. There are just enough strikeouts in Chicago, but Arietta is not a strikeout pitcher. There's enough lefties in here today uh, to give Arietta some fit. So Arietta uh, looks like he's going to carry reasonable ownership simply because when you're trying to fit in the bats you want, you need some cheaperish pitchers, and he's priced down specifically on on DK today. So the algorithms, even though Arietta, uh, his fantasy point total isn't very high, they're just going to give him to you because you need some cost savings to get in some of the bats. But I would specifically uh, click the X button to make sure I have no Arietta. I'm not interested in him. What about Darvish, who's been uh, very up and down? I don't even know if that's to the extreme that he has been at this year. If the walks disappear and the strikeouts go up like it did against Cincinnati, right? We're rolling dough. We use you Darvish tonight. But when the walks creep in, like they have in basically every other start from his last one, and the strikeouts aren't always there and he's not facing Miami, it, it just doesn't look like a spot. I'm too interested in Darvish tonight. What's your overall thoughts on him? Yeah, I mean, I'm really not that interested in Darvish either. I, I get it from a tournament perspective. If you go, if you think he's going to be lower owned, I mean, yeah, that that could make some sense. But I, I do have the fear, right? This lineup is not bad, right? Maybe like I think it was three weeks ago the Phillies lineup was really ugly when they were struggling through injuries. But uh, you know, a lot of these guys in this lineup they walk a ton, right? If you pull up the plate IQ, you see a lot of the green, right? On McCutcheon, uh, you know, Harper, like all these guys, like it just uh, well, they they walk a ton. Um, it just, it has me a little bit worried here on some of these guys. So I'm just going to kind of stay away. Yeah. I'm not thrilled to use Darvish. This would be a very easy, uh, use Luke Weaver over Darvish, use Peacock over Darvish, um, those type of plays. And, and he could just, there's a lot of blow up potential, right? I, I think it makes sense maybe as a leverage play, if you're looking to play maybe the Texas stacks, right? Um, but that bottom of the order, right? And I, I kind of read it, I read it wrong, but the bottom of the order, like guys like Real Muto, um, if you see like Herrera and Franco, they're just not going to really, uh, you know, walk a ton. So uh, I'm going to do my best just to stay away. I'll let others, you know, take a stab at Darvish. I think people will try and get cute. Like I said, I'm going to keep a tighter core with my pitchers if I was building uh, 150 lineups. And uh, I would then try and maybe diversify a little bit with my stacks and try to just be maybe overweight on the uh, Texas stacks, I guess you could say. Uh, just on the, the key, you don't make 150, you make like 500,000 500, lineups, Travis. That's that's the whole key, not just 150. Yeah, bro, I was going to – was gonna, <laughs> this is the main question I was going to ask you going into this show, and I, I don't know if you want to segue to hitters with this, but um, you're more of the GBP guy, and I remember last year one of the strategies for you was just kind of uh, canceling out the chalkiest stack and then being overweight on everyone else. And when there's someone who's obvious chalk, I'm looking at ownership tonight and uh, you know, I'm looking at slate IQ over on my other screen here. And, and at the top, there's four teams, Texas, Seattle, the Yankees in Minnesota, all kind of right around um, the same ownership near the top. I don't think I'd cancel anybody out today. It's when there's one that's like super chalky. And especially as you get, you know, tonight's not a 13 game slate, but there's slates where one specific team ends up like, 15 to 20% own on a 13 game slate. That is an easy exclude from all my stacks type of play. I don't think I'd be doing something like that. Yeah, that, that, that's again, that's one of the things I was asking because I don't think I'd want to, I'd want to either be even with the field or overweight. And I don't know how much overweight, uh, but I, I think I definitely want to at least make sure I'm even with the field because I really, really like that game. 
Um, who are we going to throw in here for our SP2? What's what's your if you had to pick an SP2 right now, who you got? Yeah, I said it before. It's Luke Weaver for me. Uh, if I was playing, you know, ten lineups on Yahoo, uh, I think ten's the max, right? Uh, I'd be playing, you know, eight to ten Luke Weaver, right? I would just be pretty much all in on Luke Weaver today. I think just the upside here uh, against uh, San Diego is too good, and maybe our start is a little chalky. But again, you know me, uh, Brett, I love to eat up the chalk. Yeah, so there there are some value bats. We'll get to those in a second. If if you had extra money, would you play Paddock over over Luke Weaver? Um, maybe if I had the money, but I don't know. I like Weaver a lot tonight, and uh, I don't know. I think maybe I'd rather increase a bat or something. So we can All go right. through and build and see what happens as we go. All but right, couple, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it's like a big deal. If someone likes Paddock more. I totally get it because Vegas is really strong on Paddock having this Diamondbacks team coming with a two point nine five implied total. Um, a couple of QQs on pitching and on Yahoo. Uh, <clears throat> Yahoo, does anyone do the six-man stacks on Yahoo? Uh, I usually don't want the six-man stacks specifically when you get into the you know good offenses. Basically, it's literally impossible to build a team using a six-man stack sometime with some of the prices. And stacking is less important on Yahoo than it is on either FanDuel or DraftKings. Um, you know, a hits 2.6, a walks 2.6 and a run is 1.9, uh, I believe, on Yahoo. So the the uh, the correlation you get from stacking, while it's still there, it just means a little bit less, and the emphasis on Yahoo is more on the individual batter than is the team as a whole. But that all goes out the window when a team scores like 17 runs. So um, kind of all depends. I, I don't specifically go for six. Uh, I'll use five. Honestly, I, I think I might even use fours quite a bit. They just fit in a little bit better on Yahoo when you're trying to make your teams. Um, yeah, and I think sometimes we forget that like we're we're playing a game, right? And construction matters, and like value is really important. And like one guy, I just want to bring up as a hitter that I think uh, again, I might just lock button everywhere. I know we talk about the weather being a little concerning, but you get Caratini uh, mm-hmm. for the minimum batting cleanup, and I hate the catcher position. Um, I don't know, maybe like if you're doing Texas stacks and there's like a cheap uh, Texas, I don't know who the Texas catcher is right now, but if he's like minimum salary, right, maybe you throw him in. Um, but I'm trying to, uh, you know, go down like another guy's Jan Gomes, right? If you're playing some Washington stacks, yeah. maybe you throw him in there too. But uh, I'm really trying to just spend the minute catcher uh, with a guy like Caratini or maybe like a. a you're missing out on Gary Sanchez is guaranteed home run off Cashner though. Listen, uh, I'll let, <laughs> I'll let big T, uh, you know, eat up all the Gary Sanchez ownership. I, I don't need it. I'll, I'll give it to the next guy. Uh, no, thanks for me. I'm just going to spend down at catcher so I can spend up in other areas. Yeah, I was on Gomes, right? I like the Washington stack quite a bit today, but I think the chalk is definitely going to switch to Caratini, hitting cleanup uh, against Arietta. I know the weather, you know, is a little bit of a concern there. It's cold, the wind blowing in, but it, a catcher hitting cleanup against an average pitcher at best in Arietta, I think that's probably the way most people are going to go tonight. So I'm going to play him. Uh, going on to first base, it's kind of the same thing, and I want to want to get your thoughts on this. So I'm going to pull up plate IQ. And we're going to go to the Yankees offense here because if I pull up this season, Andrew Kashner versus lefties, don't look Travis. What, what's his Woba allowed versus lefties this year? Woba allowed against lefties. Um, I'm guessing, so you're trying to, you're trying to tell me it's low. Um, <laughs> obviously I'm going to guess it's like 275. Oh, you cheat. It's 267 with a 0.056 ISO allowed. Now it is just 80 plate appearances. Um, if you go to the recent trends, uh, for Kashner, oh, something pulled up bug, bug, bug team, get on it. Um, the righties have been crushing them like nobody's business and the lefties, not so much here today. It is very hard to pass up 
uh, guys in the middle of the Yankees lineup, uh, like Henry's Morales at minimum price today. I don't think these splits for Cashner are enough to move me off Morales for $7. He wasn't great in Oakland, but when you go from Oakland to the Yankees, it's, it's a little bit different, right? Like I think uh, the offense is a little bit upgraded here. Now he gets to hit in Baltimore. Um, so here, here's the problem with Morales on Yahoo specifically. I think he makes sense on some other sites. The problem is you can just really upgrade Morales to Danny Santana for the only the six dollars. Double the price though. That's double the price. I don't know, man. I still think you're not wrong. It is double the price, but I think Danny Santana. You could argue he should cost eighteen dollars here, if, right? Like, so what I'm gonna do is get Kendry's Morales and Mike Trout, and you're gonna get Danny Santana and not Mike Trout. I mean, I'll get like Sinchu Chu or something, and that's still a really good play today. It's not Mike so. Trout. That's fine, but I, I don't know, man. I, I I like the Danny Santana. Let's let's do Morales first, though, and then we All can right. see. I, I just want to firmly say to the people that uh, you know the master of coin is likes Danny yeah. Santana on Yahoo more than Morales at this current time. Um, so I, when Santana was projected to hit a little bit lower in the lineup, I didn't like him as much. Now he's up there towards the top of the order. I like it. It's against Seattle. Like you know, it's it's very hard to overlook that spot, but that means. You know, would you project on a given night Santana to score twice as much as Morales? Eps, there's no way on earth you can predict basically any baseball player, unless it's Mike Trout versus scrub catcher, to score double the amount of fantasy points on any given day. Yeah, no, I, I totally understand that. But also, you know, Kendris Morales, he's going against the, apparently the GOAT, Andrew Kashner. Right? Yeah. <laughs> he's unstoppable. Uh, I mean, what, what are we supposed to do? Yeah, um, so I'll, we'll do Morales. I like Santana, too. I'm not putting that down. But I think Morales fits. It just gets you everything that you really want. Um, but, you know, th there's going to be a call. This is kind of going to be one of the differentiators tonight. Is it you're going to use Santana or if you're going to use Morales at first base? Yeah, well, let's see. Because, again, I've mainly built Santana teams. Uh, yep. Well, I, I even had uh, Edwin earlier. I was messing with that build, too. So I, I, mm -hmm. I've spent it. I've got a different build. So I'm okay with let's check out the Morales build and see how that All goes. Right. Let's throw in some guy we're definitely playing for sure. That's going to be Nomar Mazzara. He's 15 in the outfield. I can't see. Ma it's it's M-A-Z. There we hey. go. Now I got it. Um, we're definitely playing him. He's 15, so it's not like he's a gimme, but that price is very attainable today, and uh, I expect Mazzara to probably be one of the higher-owned players on Yahoo. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you. Mazzara is definitely one of the, uh, you know, quote unquote, top plays today. Someone I would definitely be getting uh, a lot of exposure to on this slate. Uh, he makes a ton of sense. So, uh, and even on like a site like DK as well, he's got a really good price. Yahoo, uh, all around the industry, he has a great price. So uh, I think Mazzara is definitely one of the uh, better plays on the slate overall. All right. What are, what's another outfielder? This is kind of where we're differing a little bit. I think Trout is way too cheap, even against Odorizia at $22, right? Like, should he be price less than Michael Brantley? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, and I, I think, should he be priced, if you just look at the overall slate, should he be priced less than Tommy LaStella or Anthony Rizzo or way less than guys like Bregman or Bryant? Absolutely not. So the price on Trout is definitely too cheap. This is kind of something me and you uh, can debate a little bit. I I'm, I'm, think I'm pretty likely to play Trout on Yahoo tonight, uh, but you uh, I don't think we're going to, at least in the build you made pre-show. So where else were you going in the outfield? Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously Trout's a really good play. Uh, you know, I, I 
he's good. I'm not going to argue that. But uh, I really like Domingo Santana at $13. I know it's not Sunday, but uh, Domingo Day, man. I think it's a really awesome spot for him here. Uh, against Minor, he's batting cleanup. We got that Mariners lineup. It's D Gordon, Mitch Hanniger, uh, E5, uh, Domingo Santana, uh, Healy, Beckham, J.P. Crawford, Tom Murphy as your catcher, and then Malik Smith. So uh, I think Santana is a really good play. We got a five implied total there. Um, I don't know what the weather edge is saying for this game. Uh, I don't know if you want to pull that up real quick, Britt. Uh, I was trying to pull it well, up myself. up to 11 now. So yeah. weather, weather edge in Texas, I think it was uh, slightly positive, right? Uh, a small uptick in home runs, an uptick in total runs, the wind blowing in, it doesn't really matter at all, but it's hot. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's going to be very hard to argue against Texas and Seattle bats. And no surprise, they're the two highest owned teams on the slate. Yeah, and uh, we have a YouTube question that popped in there. And if you guys are on YouTube, give us the like and subscribe. Uh, you know, that'd be awesome for us. We'd really appreciate it. So we'll take this YouTube question because it's an outfielder we haven't discussed. Uh, this outfielder is Joey Gallo, and he's more than Mike Trout going up against, you know, Leak, who's a terrible pitcher. Uh, you know, I expect he's got a really good chance to end a home run, maybe one of the he's best chances. contact for sure. Yeah, right. Like, and when he makes contact, right, he is not, uh, he's not hitting singles. He, uh, he likes chicks, right? They dig the long ball. So he is going to probably have a really good chance of hitting one out. Um, I don't know. Uh, what's your th- takes on maybe going Gallo even over Trout? So I, I like Gallo, but Mike Trout is $4 less. And if that, oh, if I was making a Texas stack on Yahoo, I think I would play Gallo. I think on cash games, Gallo is probably not optimal. Um, now when he hits like two home runs off Mike Leak, that's going to sound pretty stupid, but how, why on earth would I play Joey Gallo over Mike Trout when Mike Trout's cheaper? I, I don't care who the pitchers are going up against. No, I get it. But again, it's a really great game environment. Um, I, I think Gallo makes a little more sense on some other sites. Uh, but yeah, no, on Yahoo, just Trout at $22. Uh, it's just, uh, it's pretty insane. And uh, Leak is just so perfect for Joey Gallo, right? If you had to, you know, pick a guy, uh, he'd fit perfectly. But I think Domingo Santana is a guy we want to get in there. I don't know if you agree. It sounds like uh, you want to plug him in. Yeah, we'll throw him in there, uh, and then well, you can leave like another outfielder. My uh, one of my problems was at shortstop today because you either have to spend up to the Correa Turner, Glaber Torres. They're all kind of like priced the same, or you just flat out take the absolute cheapest shortstop you can get out there today. It was not even in a great spot. So this is another. You know, if if we played Trout and let's say we played Paddock over Weaver. We're, we're likely spending a little bit less at shortstop. It looks like in this build, we can probably spend up. We've got Turner. We've got Correa. Which one of these would you prefer? Uh, Correa is a couple dollars more. Trey Turner back in the top of this lineup against horrible Mets starting pitching and horrible bullpen. Uh, tough to overlook him as well. Okay, so here's my question for you. Obviously, Carlos Correa and getting an Astros bat is awesome, right? And something we should probably want to consider. But um, I like Trey Turner, and I don't have this answer, and this was something I was going to research before the show, but let's do it now here on Plate IQ. Um, Trey Turner and stolen bases, right? We all have in our head, right, the Mets. They're terrible at stolen bases. Uh, You know that. I know that. Your grandma knows. Everyone knows it. Like, uh, Mm -hmm. so – the question is, how is Font against stolen bases? And, and you know, the catcher that's up there, what's the, uh, you know, what's the basically projection for? Well, we have stolen base. So you go to the premium leaderboards and we have uh, threat rating, which is basically, you know, it takes in a lot of different factors to create stolen base. And normally a guy like Sigur- or, um, Trey Turner's up towards the top, but he's a little bit lower down. He's today. got a decent rating, I see, right? Uh, 7.51. He's down there uh, with uh, – it's got Gagnon in there, though. I don't know if that's not uh, correct, though. Yeah, I think – yeah, so so maybe some of these off 
He's got a 71.51. I don't know if it's all been updated, right? There's been a lot of changes between the Mets. I don't know if that's been factored into all this stuff yet. But does that, does that really matter against Trey Turner? I mean, he's probably going to steal bases. If he gets a leadoff single, he's probably going to try to steal. No, I get it. But if you get him in like just the perfect spot, like yeah. you can literally start off with like a leadoff home run just on a single, right? Yes. Like it's just, it's that, that's the beauty of it, right? When he goes up against John Lester, which I did it the other day and it didn't work out. Uh, I was expecting it to obviously, uh, you know, happen. I'm trying to check myself here on Fangrass, like the good old days. Um, let me see. I'm looking at font here. Give me one second, Britt. Seeing what his stolen bases are like. And I, I can't, I can't find it right now, but when I get it, I'll, uh, I'll let you know. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not too concerned. A guy like Trey Turner, uh, if he's on, he's going to try to steal and it's against the Mets. They're reeling. I would imagine the Washington to kind of come out and put the pedal to the metal. And if he gets the single, he's probably going to be trying to steal. Yeah. Just a heads up in 71 career innings, only two stolen bases. So, uh, but again, we're going to get bullpen too. So maybe I don't want to overlook him too much. uh, I'm not not too concerned. Uh, I think you could play for pay for Turner specifically in this build. Uh, and I was debating doing something earlier. I don't know if I you need to do anything now, but I know Brandon Crawford, it's not the best spot, but he's minimum price. Anytime you can get a minimum price hitter who has, um, you know, Crawford's actually had a pretty bad season, but uh, you're not gonna, like you're taking a zero or anything like that. Uh, he is someone that's certainly in play, but, but I think this might be where Mike Trout ends up leaving my lineups, Travis, because the, the way it's really playing out now, is I think I'm probably going to try to emphasize Correa or Turner over kind of punting the position tonight. Yeah, and that's why I hadn't really been getting Trout as much, right? That's been kind of one of the reasons. But Morales obviously can maybe help that. Uh, How about this? Plug in Turner and plug in Trout, and then let's kind of see how we can work the last two spots at second and third. I mean, I think we can make that work pretty easily. Well, let's just see, right? Uh, Because there are some second and third basemen that we have some interest in. can't give away the full lineup, Travis, for a few <laughs> okay, then let's, let's then let's not put those guys in, and we'll look at second. It and looks like I can make that work, right? And then if you needed to save a couple of bucks from a guy like Trout, you mentioned Chu to get more exposure to that um, Texas game. Uh, you could play a couple of the Seattle bats as well at the eighteen dollar level. There's ways to make some pretty good lineups tonight. You can basically get pitchers you want. You can get bats that you want. Um, if you use Morales, right? If we use Santana at first, maybe we can't make it all work pretty easily. Yeah, but I think there's ways to make some pretty good lineups on Yahoo. All right, let's at least look at second and third. Uh, we obviously don't have to like plug them in or anything. Right. Right? You can take out Trey, but let's at least talk about it, right? We don't want to. Uh, Not Tommy Lastella, twenty three dollars. No, that's just too much, man. <laughs> like uh, I know Tommy Lastella. Odor at fourteen. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. So my question is, do you like his lineup spot? I don't care because I'm just like, yeah, I'm playing him for the home run anyways. So uh, yeah. Um, I'm okay with him at $14. I guess I'm trying to figure out. And he's hitting, uh, it's not like he's hitting ninth. He's hitting sixth tonight. Yeah. I mean, six is fine. Right. Um, so I'll, uh, I can stomach Odor, right? That's the kind of the guy I've been putting in. I don't know if there's like an even cheaper guy mm-hmm. that we want to look at, but you can play Alberto, Alberto second. He's hitting leadoff against Hap who's struggling. I don't think that's the worst play in the world. If you needed some cost savings, you've got D Gordon, uh, I know it's lefty on lefty, but Gordon Gordon's another guy. It doesn't really matter. He's going to try to steal. Tim Beckham, right? He's got a little bit of pop, too, against Miner. Miner's been decent this year, but I think Beckham's a fine play. Uh, I think there's a lot of fine plays at second base today. You can, you yeah. can make whatever you want to do work. Yeah, I think it's more in that mid-tier, right, is where we would go and uh, kind of building out the lineup. So, uh, yeah, that, that's fine. Uh, we can move to third and uh, – 
One guy I definitely liked a ton is Healy from the Seattle side, right? He's batting fifth. Uh, you know, that's a solid lineup spot. He normally kind of floats around there. Uh, fifth, is, fifth is a solid spot for him. And he's got a really good price tag at $13. He's kind of the guy I've been keying in on at the third base position. Uh, you know, third is always normally pretty loaded, but I think he's uh, the best quote-unquote value play today. Yeah, if I had money, which I don't, uh, Rendon versus whatever the Mets roll out today is going to be one of the better um, overall expectation plays, but it's hard to look past Healy uh, in that lineup, 13 bucks. Uh, Moncada as well. I know it's against Peacock, but Peacock against those lefties, right? You want Moncada uh, when he's going up against the righties. That looks like a pretty, um, one of the under, you know, if you had to pick someone who's likely to hit a home run tonight, Moncada's probably up on that list pretty high. If you ask me, Sano's hitting fifth tonight, right? Against Pena, the opener, whatever the Angels are going to be doing. That looks reasonably good as well. There Again, third base is another one. I'm not really worried about trying to find one. I think you were on the right path uh, with a guy like Mikey. Yeah, I mean, if you want to just, you know, stack that Texas side up, right? Astrubo Cabrera is a little bit cheaper. That makes some sense. But, yeah, I'm really kind of uh, zoned in on Healy today. Is my guy. All right. So that's going to kind of fill out some of the guys we like across the Yahoo landscape tonight. Uh, if you guys want to start throwing in QQs, we'll get to those in a second. But let's talk uh, kind of like bigger picture stuff tonight because, I mean, Travis, my master of coin, I should have called you the master of chalk. No surprise you want Texas and Seattle, right? They got this huge total. Out, You know, the Yankees are going to be chalky. I like the Nationals as kind of one of my more under-the-radar stacks. They're coming in currently as the fifth highest owned team today. And uh, I like their outcome. You know, it's hot today. I think they'll be able to have some offense. Other than that, the ownership really drops off after you get past Washington. What's a, a team you wouldn't mind taking a shot on? And and I always like to, at least in tournaments, maybe attack pitchers that might be a little highly owned too. You get a little bit of double leverage with your lower owned stack and you're taking out the guys um, that might've had that pitcher too. So um, what's a team that might fit that criteria for you? No, you're, you're definitely getting me excited about this Washington stack. I uh, definitely think it makes a ton of sense and a spot that we can look to go to. I'm, I'm obviously on Texas and Seattle a ton, like in cash games. Makes a lot of sense, but I think the Houston Astros, right, they get a little more overlooked today because they're mm-hmm. just really expensive, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I, no, nobody's expensive on DK. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I think I think people say, right, all the time, uh, you know, oh, well, it's the Astros. They're always going to get ownership, but, like, Price drives everything in this industry. I'm always a big, uh, you know, a big fan of that. We saw it with Kiki Hernandez in that, you know, one matchup when it was $1, right, way back in the day. Price always drives everything. And price is going to drive the Astros ownership to be lower than you expect, despite how good they've been lately. They've been absolutely crushing the ball. Uh, I don't know. We can mess around and showing here, right, the leverage, right, is, uh, you know, the leverage stack is looking good uh, on the Astros today, correct? Yeah, the highest uh, available because guess what? The Astros are really good (laughs) hitters. And they're going to be a little bit lower owned because, like you said, we've got the the Phillies. The Phillies are all like five hundred to a thousand dollars too cheap on DraftKings. There's and then you got a couple teams like Arizona is just like wildly overpriced. Like nobody's going to be playing those. But the 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 prices on some guys on DraftKings today are so low that nobody's going to be playing. I mean, some people will be playing Houston, but Slate IQ is telling you if you're looking for a high leverage spot tonight stack up the Astros. I think you're onto something, Travis. 
Yeah, I, I'm really definitely a big fan of it. Like, it's one of those things, like, when you hand-build lineups, uh, which obviously not everyone does in the industry, but people do do it. When you plug them in, it makes things difficult, right? You're just like, oh, this looks nasty. And you, you hit the clear you're button. You're Corbin, and my catcher stinks. and not, you know. Yeah, you hit the clear button, and you're like, oh, let me start over. Uh, and then, you know, when you're using the optimizer and you're plugging in those Astros, uh, it can be a little bit easier, but then, you know, you might have some errors while you're, uh, you know, constructing it through a lineup HQ. You know, it might just, uh, you know, run an error and you have to fix some things, right? Mm -hmm. It just makes things more difficult. So I like the idea of the Astro stack. I do like the Washington stack that you're on too. I think that's a great idea. And uh, it sounds like, it, you know, if I was building tournament teams out, a ton of them, I, I feel like Astros and Nationals are two I would definitely want to be overweight on. That's uh, that sounds like one. So I'm not MMEing. I'm hand building a couple of teams on both DK and Yahoo tonight. The Astros-Washington combo sounds pretty good. I'm going to make one of those for sure. But we don't have the Astros lineup yet. We're not going to have Springer in there most likely with a back issue. So let's try to build uh, Let's try to build an Astros stack here and see, right? Like there's still no Springer. There's still no Altuve. But I don't really care too much. The, the problem is they're just expensive, right? So if I put in Bregman, I put in Correa. I play Brantley. We got to get a couple more in here. We've got Yuli and Redick are both 14 Tyler White's 10 I think we put two of those three in here and we make like a five-man Astro stack and just try to fill in the rest yeah so let's play Ty I like the idea of Tyler White uh to put in there the reason why is uh, a little pivot off Kendris Morales right uh yeah. the, the, the classic leverage play off the chalky Kendris Morales I think that makes a ton of sense here uh let's go with Tyler White he's a ton of power and a ton of pop and I know like someone you know that's pretty smart in the industry Box uh Box talks about him a lot whenever he's on the show so how he likes to get him in there for the power upside so uh, I, I think it's a good idea let's go some Tyler White all right, let's see who can we can kind of match with pitchers here. I'm gonna just gonna forego Corbin and Paddock, and we're gonna we're gonna play. If I do like Weaver and Peacock, we you know eight bucks. You know it seems like you're like picking minimum price. You can make that work on on a site like Yahoo, and this isn't even dumpster diving. If you really want to get frisky in tournaments, I don't really think I would specifically on Yahoo, but you could play you Darvish tonight if you wanted to you could fear no you can't theoretically really play anybody else other than than than, than you Darvish but you can make something like this work well here's a question I had for you uh, I, I, this is another one I had uh, set before I, not before I got in the show but uh, when I got in the show I wanted to ask this uh, I saw Taylor Cole was popping in models and that makes no sense to me and like do we have interest in maybe going to Pena if he's the wrong reliever he's $25 but we talk about how on Yahoo it's very important pitching um, I just think it's a terrible idea. Um, I just figured I'd ask because I saw sites he's popping up on, right? Like he pops as like a guy that's uh, higher projected. I mean, he's, he's opening, correct? Like two to yeah. three innings, I think is like the max. There, there's no way I'm using a guy like that. Yeah, I just wanted to make sure because I saw it around the industry looking at, you know, all different sites. I, um, I would tell you to change the models and uh, that you're looking at, Travis. I agree. I think it's wrong. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to ask and make sure and double check because, uh, you know, people could be asking the same thing, right? Uh, we all look at different things around the industry. So just wanted to ask the question. And uh, that Weaver-Peacock build isn't bad. Is there anyone cheaper than Peacock? Like I saw Darvish, maybe we could There's take Darvish would be the last one, but I think I'd rather play Peacock than even save three. If I had to, I could play Darvish, right? I think that might make sense, but you don't have to do something like that here. Yeah. Okay. It's just, uh, yeah. I mean, you can obviously throw a guy like Caratini in or one of those cheaper catchers. I know second, we could probably find someone in outfield. So I'm sure there's a way to make this work. Uh, just figured I would ask. Uh, the bat currently has, uh, I don't even think he's projected. We have Pena project. The bat has Pena projected, but uh, there is nothing there for, uh, for the, uh, the opener. 
So I, I, I would take that as a hard pass for sure. Yeah, I just thought it was weird. I saw it like uh, I just saw it around the industry. So figured I'd uh, figured I'd ask the question. That's all. I wanted to do the you know double checking. But uh, there's some YouTube questions in the chat. You want to get to those, Britt? Yeah, I just want to I want to make note right um, based off the slate IQ. You were you were hit the nail right on the head with the Houston stack. And uh, I like Washington, uh, at least on DK, as like a, a team, right? Everyone's playing Texas. I'd probably take the over on Texas total ownership, too. That game's just going to get a lot of attention. As people get closer to lock, they see the 11 total, and they're all attainable. I think that Texas ownership's going to be pretty high. Um, so, yeah, going to something like Washington, making a combo with Houston, um, you get some leverage there. That, that's something I'm going to be looking to do quite a bit today. Um, all right, QQs, we'll take some of them. And then we'll get on out of here. Uh, I'm going to scroll up a little bit to start finding them. Uh, let's see. Uh, this is from YouTube. Is Weaver or Peacock higher owned tonight? So um, I will bring up Slate IQ. And we have some of this. I will update it because it does update throughout the day. And I will say if you do use Slate IQ, you're going to get the theoretical most accurate information uh, about 45 minutes prior to lock on that. We don't change anything after that because as projected ownership changes, the Slate IQ can have some pretty wide swings in the leverage, uh, at least for stacks and things like that. So um, always kind of check it, you know, before lock to get the best uh, look. But it looks like here, uh, Weaver 19, Peacock 22, I think they're both close enough. It's kind of like a toss-up, right? Like in terms of ownership, I don't think there's one significant advantage if you're looking at ownership based off our projections to use one based off ownership. So it really comes down to between those two, who do you want to use tonight, Travis? Uh, as your pitcher, I mean, I, I, I listen, I, I'm just in on Weaver and I'm in on like Corbin. Like those are just my two, one and two favorite guys. And then uh, I'd probably put uh, Paddock as my number three and then Peacock as my four. That's kind of how I guess I would, uh, uh, yeah, that's probably how I'd rank them. And then maybe Soroka five, but uh, I, I'm not getting cued at pitcher tonight for sure. Uh, I'm definitely playing the the guys that I think are good. I, I've heard arguments that, oh, pitching's like, like, do you want to actually spend a premium on some of these pitchers? Cause like, you know, when you're spending 10-9 on Corbin, that's what you'll spend on Max Scherzer sometimes, right? Like, do you actually want to I do mean, that? I spend more than that on Jacob deGrom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, like, there's the argument that, again, like, to going cheap, uh, you know, and just, like, getting all the bats. Like, that's why I asked about the Taylor Cole guy, because he's, 4, he's 4,300. I mean, it's an insane price tag uh, on a site like DK. That's why I asked the question. And so I'm popping, right? It's like a quote-unquote value play. But, um, yeah, I, I'm in the camp of I'm still going to spend up at pitcher. I think you're still able to get in enough bats where I'm fine. Uh, and I'm just not messing with those cheaper pitching option builds, but I get it. I think Weaver's a really good pitcher today. I think you can argue to have Weaver as your SP1. The problem is trying to figure out who your SP2 would be with Weaver as like a cheap guy. Um, we didn't really talk about any Braves today. Someone, you know, they acknowledge the ballpark's bad. Um, the weather doesn't look good for run scoring production. They're going up against Suarez. Suarez is okay dating back to last year, really good against lefties, uh, can be had against righties, giving up some power too. But, you know, you want to play Freeman. The righties, you know, Donaldson, Swanson, uh, Acuna, um, a couple of these other guys too, they look okay. But I, I don't know if you need the Braves tonight in San Francisco. It just, you know, it's not even like 75 or 80. It's like 50 degrees out there. I, I'm, I'm not too thrilled about the Braves yeah, I mean, I just think if you're trying to, like, you know, win tournaments and stuff, right, home runs do that. Like, I just, 
you know, when's the last time you saw a, uh, you know, a, besides on like the, you know, late, late uh, two game mm-hmm. slates, when last, when's the last time you saw like a team like the Braves, you know, take, you know, take something down. In when San, Fran- when when the last time Francisco. San Francisco won. Yeah, that's what I meant. Like when, when you're in San Francisco, when's the last time you saw that? Like, uh, it's just not for me. If I just faded all season long, I think it works out, right? I'll lose the days that San Francisco is, you know, the, the stack in San Francisco is the, uh, you know, the winner. I'll just lose those. Um, so also, what are the odds of Hap paying off a salary tonight? I'm not really on Hap tonight. If I had to guess, if I was MMEing, we currently have Hap projected to be about 25% owned. I would certainly have less than that on the field if I was MMEing. Uh, I'm looking at the bat currently right now, specifically for Yahoo. Hap is the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Got to scroll down. Eight, ninth highest projected pitcher behind Mike Miner. So even though that Texas game is supposed to have a lot of runs, uh, the bat and Mr. Cardi currently have Mike Miner to score more fantasy points than J.A. Happ tonight. And I think uh, the projection Cardi has given Happ uh, is in line with my thoughts today. So uh, I, I understand Happ from a lineup construction because he's, the cheaper of guys who have some theoretical ceiling. And if you look at, you know, what else are you going to do? If you need the extra five or $600 from Weaver or Darvish, you're go, are you going to play Arietta or are you going to play half? I think I'd probably play half over Arietta, but I think I would just construct my lineups to, to not even need a, a guy like half tonight, Travis. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm definitely gonna pass on that. Like, no need for me to play half. I think there's other guys I'd prefer. I'd rather just go way, way overweight on a guy like Luke Weaver. You know, I, I'd have the ownership. I'd rather mess with Soroka. I'd rather go with that route. Um, but yeah, can you act the slate IQ? What's the Yankee stack? Uh, you know, stack uh, leverage uh, for the uh, overall stack? Because, granted, I know Casher's been good, but uh, mm-hmm. if we can get some leverage on the Yankees, I think it's kind of intriguing. I think all of the highest owned teams have negative leverage. That's typically how it works most of the time on slate IQ and the Yankees are negative leverage a little bit. So you, you've got to really take it with a grain of salt, especially this early in the day, because as you know, if the Yankees total ownership changes five to 7% up or down, that's a massive swing in the leverage based off all kinds of like historical results too. So it is, it gets a little bit more accurate or, or theoretically more accurate as projection gets theoretically better throughout the day. I, I almost want to say like a minus 26 leverage that's within like a margin of error for me where that's not going to take me off Yankees. If I see something like that, when I'm most, I, when I see a hundred percent leverage, right. Those are things that really stand out to me more so than something in the, Oh, the, the the twins have a 12% positive leverage that whatever that's within like the margin of error of the ownership and projections and all different types of outcomes and things like that. So, um, the, the thing that really stood out to me are, are the extreme ends. So Houston, the Angels, and the Cubs, those are teams that look to have some actual real-life leverage, basically no matter what happens based on their ownership. Yeah, no, uh, that, that, it's an awesome tool. Definitely uh, make sure to check that out, guys. If you don't check it out on the regular, I think it's definitely a great tool. So I wanted to just like kind of dive in and give that a look because I don't think we talked about the Yankees stack enough. Um, someone wants to know if we have ump info. Let me see. Uh, I'm pulling up the bat here. Corbin has a pitcher's ump, uh, which was which was uh, nice to see, I, I would say. Uh, I was pretty pleased about that. All right. So I've got uh, yeah, Corbin, pitcher's ump. 
Uh, Miners got uh, so the Texas game has an extreme pitchers umpire. That's Eric Cooper. He is definitely one of the better pitchers umpires. Um, that's not really going to affect me on the Texas game uh, on the umpire or anything like that. Other than that, mostly neutral, slight pitchers. Uh, nothing I'm too concerned about right now or anything like that. So as far as umpire info, uh, just kind of play it straight up today. If I if I was guessing on that. Uh, let's see, you get a couple more QQs. Uh, looks like Springer is, did we get the Houston lineup officially? Did you see that cross? Uh, no, I don't know if that came across, but we can check. Uh... No, it hasn't yet. Yeah, I'm, someone said uh, Springer's out, but yes, we're expecting Springer to be out today. Uh, lots of talk on Harper because he's reasonably cheap, uh, especially on DraftKings. DraftKings, the entire Phillies team is way too cheap on DraftKings today. So how are we going to be handling the Phillies on DK today? Harper's 4K, Real Muto's like 3,700. I don't know what happened over there, but they're all basically, I would consider every Phillies player is $500 less than they should be. Yeah, I think if ownership is going to be heavy on them, then no. But if people aren't going to play them, I definitely want to take the discount because it might be able to help me get so, you know upgrade here and there. So I think that makes some sense. We actually do have an Astros lineup, uh, Britt, that uh, I, I I found. Um, it's pretty interesting. We have Reddick batting first, so that's a uh, that's an His extreme. Ownership just shot way up through. He is definitely going to be in in most people. Are you going to play Santana or Reddick now on Yahoo? Well, Santana, oh, Domingo, okay. Uh, I can play. Can I just, 14 and Domingo is 13. I can play all three, Britt. You know, I could play Mazzara, Santana, and Reddick. I would miss Trout, though. That's the one thing. But uh, I don't know. We'll have to see if uh, I can get all of those guys. But that definitely is a good question now. Obviously, it helps get some uh, Astros exposure. And I'm curious how the leverage works out, right, guys? Make sure to check back at the state IQ because uh, Reddick's ownership is definitely uh, – as if you ever see CSU Ram on Twitter, it's got the rocket chip, right? Uh, it's it's got a rocket chip. <laughs> So it's going to be Reddick, Bregman, Brantley, Correa, Yuli. Chirinos is interesting. He's super expensive uh, throughout the industry, so you're probably not going to get too much, but he's hitting sixth. Uh, Tyler White hitting seventh. Tony Kemp and then Marisnik. I would probably stick to the top seven of that Astros lineup. And, you know, it's tough. Uh, a five-and-a-half run total. They're at home, too, right? That's a really good pitcher's park. But the the what they're going up against in Burr and then the bullpen, uh, we can even check on the bullpen on on uh, on plate iq we've got the premium leaderboards so if you go to the white socks uh bullpen you can see uh overall one two three four five six seventh highest xfip of any team in baseball so there's a, a lot of red coming up here so it looks like the bullpen behind them uh, also not good and that's with uh, chicago also having some pretty cold weather to start the year too so as things heat up uh their bullpen's only going to get worse in my opinion so Really, really tough uh, overall without, you know, you, you think without Altuve and Springer and they still have this huge total. Uh, I, I'm not really too worried about it, Travis. Yeah, no, I agree with you on that. All right. I think that's going to about do it for the show. Uh, again, guys, uh, check out Yahoo tonight. You can find me in a lot of the 50-50s. I'll mess around in a couple of tournaments. Never played on Yahoo. You use promo code. Uh, I think it's Grinders or Grinders 30, one of those two. Uh, get you some Yahoo reward points to get you into uh, some tournaments as well. And if you happen to put in the wrong sign-up code, just email the people at Yahoo. Grinders30, uh, as I have been corrected by our, our wonderful uh, producer here, Devin. Uh, it gets you uh, some Yahoo rewards points to play in some free contests. It's a fun site. Things are only 10 max entry. You can't use the bulk CF CSV uploads. So you're not being, you know, if there's a, a change two minutes before lineup lock, 
You're not getting uh, all the algorithms just pushing a bunch of Excel files to update the, your lineups. You got to kind of hand click the way DFS was originally created. And, and I think probably the way DFS should have stayed, I understand why it moved to it to get more volume in on, on the larger sites. But uh, it's a great site. I play it basically every night for baseball and uh, go sign up over there. And uh, my master of coin, Travis, uh, I'm going to bid adieu to you today. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. I am Britt the Broken. Thanks for watching, everybody, and we out you. attention last night big t shipped the big one man we, we've been waiting since nfl season we wanted to ship one solo all the way at the top and get us a showdown winner and he, he got him one in the nba last night we've had some run-ins throughout the, the last year and a half or so where uh, i think we've had some pretty good ones where we've we've split the pot like a hundred ways a thousand ways but he, he got him one last night for the big cheese where he shipped it all by himself so i'm gonna bring in big t and we're gonna ask, I want to ask him some questions about it because I guess what we do here, man, we're trying to put together showdown lineups to win. First thing I know to speak to you about your lineup, you are different by one spot. That's all it takes. Just be different by one spot where the train behind you had Enos Cantor. You left money on the table, went Mo Harkless. You won by like a half a point. And, you know, you separate – not only did you separate yourself from the rest of the field, you got more points out of Arkless, but it separated you from everybody else who had cancer. So, talk to me about your big win there, man. Yeah, it was fun to, to finally get a win. I, I know we – I shipped DraftKings last night too, but it was the normal chop. It was like 7,200 or something, 30-way chop or something. So, but, yeah, I mean, the main thing I did, though, was – to get different was fade CJ and Dame. Like I just like golden state a ton, kind of like we talked about on the show, like Portland just doesn't match up good. They're going to have a hard time the whole series. Portland's best guys are guards. Golden state's best guys are guards, but they're just like we talked about the rest of golden state's just way better. I mean, Draymond's way better. Iggy's way better. They just don't have much. They're playing canner. Their game plan was disgraceful. And that was how it was different, though. Everyone, almost everyone is going to play Dame or CJ just because it's natural the way they build rosters. Like Curry, and then you plug in one. Kind of like we talked about it on the show even, where you play one of those two guys. It's just a natural build. But when you really like Golden State and you take the, the game theory into it, like we talk about during football, all of a sudden I realized I wanted Golden State to blow them out. If they blow them out, maybe those guys have a bad game, which they did. So I go Curry. So I played 100 teams just to put it all on the table. I started to like it more and more as the day went. I'm usually more of a 20-entry type guy in the really small stuff like the showdowns. But I put 100 in just because I really liked it. And I started setting my numbers to where in the top three spots was only going to be Golden State guys. It was going to be Stafford Draymond in the, in the MVP, Stafford Draymond or Clay in the second spot, and then Clay or Draymond in the third spot. So all my teams were going to have Golden State in those. So that was a major CJ, CJ Dame fade. That's way different than everyone originally. 
And then I really liked Hood. Hood got announced in 15 minutes before the game. We kind of talked about him being out on our show, but we didn't know we were doing it early. He gets announced in, and I just know he's going to be low-owned and he's going to play. And on top of it, he's min-priced, stone men on, on FanDuel at 6K. So I set him at like 70% ownership. So all of a sudden, I got three Golden State guys who are all the stars, the three best guys. If Golden State blows them out, I got the three best guys in the three most important spots. I follow it up with a guy from Portland that's a cheap guy that played really well in the last series that's going to be low-owned. He comes in at 12% owned, which is just just criminal how low owned he was. And then I play 100 teams and kind of mix and match all the combinations with other cheap guys, and it just so happened that Harkless was on the winning one. Obviously, it wasn't my optimal team. I wouldn't have played Harkless in that spot if I was playing one team. But by doing the rest of it, it got me to Harkless, though. Like, if I play Dame in one of the spots, I probably don't fall on the same team. So more than just playing – and on top of it, Harkless was like 12%. So my two guys besides the Golden State guys are only 12%, and I play three three Golden State up top. It's basically impossible to duplicate that, even in a massive field. So I think you just got to do stuff like that, take a stand like we always talk about. Obviously, when you're entering a 9 or $10 tournament, you're not expecting to solo ship it. But it felt good after all this work we've done. I mean, we've done how many shows now? We've done at least 100 shows, probably football, basketball. I'm sure we've done a baseball. We did college football. We do the showdowns. We're locking in on these things. And it felt good to finally get a solo shipper for 100 k off 10 bucks. Yeah, feels good. So let's, let's get to tonight now.
What is going on, Roto Grinders? Dean here at Dean 7904. If you want to get all technical, I mean, it's five o'clock on the East Coast, two o'clock on the West Coast, four o'clock Tennessee time, which of course means it's time for the flagship show here at Roto Grinders. It's called It's Called Grinders Live. It's sponsored by Fast Draft. And joining me today, it's the, the chopper of heads, the wearer of copper fits. I don't have it. Oh, you I just do rehearsed it. it. <laughs> I, you know, you have no idea what it took for me to get your own time, Dean. The eater of cereal. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, show. And you're, you're actually filling in. Uh, Big T's too. He's too good for the show, apparently, because he's he's off today. That was he's spending his hundred uh, k somewhere. I was just saying we're talking pre-show. You guys do your uh, your basketball show still. There's still basketball content out there for premium members. Uh, the two of you guys combined made over what six figures last week uh, in basketball content. Congratulations to the both of you. I imagine you're splitting that evenly. In spirit, we, we split it in spirit. You know, we do the show together. So, but no, he's been on a heater. He's been on a roll. So good for him. He's had some, uh, he's dealt with some tough uh, elements physically here the past few weeks. I think this is karma coming back around to, to play, you know, a good role. I do believe in karma. And uh, the man's had a rough go. So uh, financially, the fantasy guys are smiling on him. I believe in that, Dean. You might not, but I believe that there's like a certain karma in the universe. You do well with people and somewhere you'll get rewarded you do poorly and somewhere universe will take it away from you all right well i mean okay do you believe in that dean no <laughs> i don't you don't believe in karma i oh. wish it was true but i don't believe it's true. i don't i don't i wouldn't doubt it dean. I, I think there are people that are... i think portland should have just tanked from day one who's that guy i don't know who that guy is um yeah i mean i think there's some people that are jerks for their entire life and they never pay for it they live to be 90 years old and they never get sick they pay for it you might not see it, but they pay for it. Uh, I mean, it's a whole other, that's a whole other podcast, Chopper. But so what, what does Big T have? What are the body parts? Is he, is he going to be all right? Oh, you timed that poor. That guy's got, that guy's got like, first off, he's always got some issues with those teeth, man. That guy eats some candy for real. I don't know what's going on, but. You're he, saying candy cigarettes are not good for you. He's got some serious teeth <laughs> issues, man. Like he's not, so he had a lot of, so I think he's. Oh, yeah, he had his finger the other day or last week, a couple weeks ago. He had that finger he had to get fixed. He had some other things going on, but it's good for him, man, that he won all that money, you know. Yeah, well, so. hopefully he, uh, he powers through and he, you know, he, you know. and again, he's, he's, he's actually, I was, I did a show with him this morning, Dean. Yeah, well, t- tell he, the people. Needless, what plug, is- needless plug for the one game slate if you're into that kind of stuff, still watching the NBA, but. But I did a show, and, and he at the end of the show, he very much off air. He, he told me he was very, very disappointed in you, Dean. Why? He was supposed to be on this show here today. He asked me to fill in for him. Basically, he's extremely disappointed that you went to management, and you said you would not allow me and Big T on the show together with you anymore because you felt like we were bullying. <laughs> did not. He was I, very I, disappointed in you ratting us out like that, Dean. I welcome the both of you. I would love. I would love for him. But there's something I'd like more than Big T to pop up and uh, admit, you know, finger surgery or whatever, and to make an appearance. I would not suppress that. I welcome it. Bring it on. I'm. I look. I. I I'm a Twitter machine. It's me against the world sometimes, and uh, you know, I got that that Game of Thrones gift with the sword, but the, the you know the old Jon Snow, but the. And I'm perfectly fine with it. I'm happy to give like an argument. Some people just like say, you know, anomalies that don't make any sense. I don't want to name names or anything, Chopper, but you know, maybe I did. Okay, Dean. You, I, I, you know, I, you know, you, we always kind of debate. It's not really a debate. It's more a one-sided landslide for me in my favor, but <laughs> it is what it is, Dean. We're good. 
Chop, you have any thoughts as far as this weekend, or you want to just dive in and talk some baseball? What happened this weekend? I don't know. Did you have any anecdotes? DOT, Game of Thrones finale. With the, I'm not going to ask you to spoil it for the people, but did you enjoy the Game of Thrones finale? Uh, I thought it was fine. Uh, I thought it was unspectacular. Uh, he was. It was safe. It probably should have been darker. Uh, it was probably too happy. And I think the main goal of it was, uh, I, my, I suspect the writers were restricted because um, I think they were setting up future shows. I think that was their main motivation. They were trying to set up spinoffs because it's a license to print money. It's just like, you know, the Star Wars people are locked in and no matter anything it's a Star Wars on, they just, they just fork their money over. This is going to be Game of Thrones for years to come and all the spinoffs and maybe prequels and sequels and things of that sort. So uh, I think that was the main motivation as far as driving this story. And I think it hurt uh, the finale. Your thoughts? Uh, I think there was a lot of things that uh, I think they could have had a whole nother season and really, really played on some things that they had out there at their disposal that they didn't, they didn't utilize. So I wish they would have had another season and not rush through it, but yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know, Dean. I'm, I'm still, I'm still debating it in my mind. If I, if I thought it was really, I mean, I don't want to spoil it. That's the main thing. I don't want to spoil yeah, it. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to give anything away, but, I'm I'm not details, but there were some pieces that kind of upset me a little bit. You know, Chop, I, I like how I, you respect that we live in a society and you're not ready to spoil it because, you know, some people like Brit or even I think you have in the past, you've learned your lesson. You got to give, you know, at least 48 hours or so or something like that as far as TV shows. I respect that. Thank you for that. I'm sure the chat thanks you as well. But, I mean, I can't believe Barry died in, in Barry, oh. season, Barry season finale. First of all. Can you believe that one? He didn't. Secondly, the Barry finale was awesome. That show was so good. You liked it, right? It's all right. All right, Chop. It's no lost, man. Lost. There's a question here in chat, by the way. This is the Rotor Gunners chat, not the, not the YouTube chat. If you guys are on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We're going to answer all your questions at the end of the show. Start loading those up. Our fabulous multitasking producer, the D-Train, is going to copy and paste them and throw them in the chat. And again, depending on how uh, how much we yap, how much we break down the slate, we got about 10, 15 minutes or so, maybe even five. We get extra yappy as far as knocking out as many questions as possible before we step aside and get out of here and make way for crunch time. But there is a question here in chat, and like, you know, I don't like this question because I think they're saying something which I disagree with. Um, what was the better uh, series finale, The Sopranos or Game of Thrones? Sopran Sopranos finale was great. Like people just don't understand, you know, it gets. I don't. I think I think that was like uh, pan incorrectly. That was sort of my tip. Who had the better finale? Sopranos. You know, just straight finale. It's pretty close. The Game of Thrones finale covered a lot of things I just the, the final season itself didn't really match up to the rest of the seasons probably but the finale was all right Sopranos was good too uh Dean I do have a question for you Dean are yeah. you looking for are you looking forward to Deadwood the movie coming out next month that's a show I never watched I'm oh. told I'm told it's very yeah, good you gotta go you gotta go binge that man I lean against westerns but like I hear it's very good and maybe one day I'll wander into it there's just so much good tv out there so I, I'm not I, I uh averse to it but i never really sought it out i hear but i hear again i heard it's good and worth watching so uh speaking of, of deadwood i saw the guy that's in deadwood and uh i saw john wick three this weekend there chop how about that there you go now you're talking about some good movies i'm glad you got out of that artsy farty musical hugh jackman stuff you're doing <laughs> hugh jackman that, was that the whole movie. um well well here's the thing it, it's called it's called compromise me and uh, one of our producers simon we're, we're like movie buddies and like we have the, don't read into that too much. 
we go, but we're not totally compatible. So we have to make uh, we have to make concessions. And like sometimes he'll see a move for me and I'll see a move for him. And that's kind of this was kind of his, I think. But I was excited to see Boban. Boban's in it for what it's worth. You know Boban from uh, basketball? Sure. Speaking <laughs> of athletes and shows, Aaron Rodgers was in was in Game of Thrones there. Yeah, I forgot to mention him in my power rankings as far as characters, but uh, you know, mistakes were made, I suppose. And he didn't he didn't last very long. I didn't recognize him until somebody you know, pointed it out. I knew he was in there, but I just couldn't spot him when I was actually watching it live. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, Thor, is actually in a previous season as well, too. I'm not sure if he was obvious on screen either. It was just kind of an extra or something like that. But, Chopper, we got to talk tonight's baseball slate. We're kind of gapping here because, uh, you know, it's only an eight-gamer. There's there's uh, plenty, to, you know, plenty of time to squeeze it all in here. Give me your screenshot, Chop, as far as a slate because uh, we, got a, we don't have elite, elite arms. We have some good arms, but not like top-of-the-line you know, Chris Sales or Scherzer's of the world or the Groms or things of that sort. Uh, we got some big totals as far as Seattle and Texas kind of popping. Uh, I believe that's a, a hitter, a pitcher's umpire for what it's worth in that game. That scares you in any way. Uh, the Astros line up against uh, Chicago. They're projected to score, what, five and a half runs or so. Of course, the Astros, your Astros, are, are hindered today. Without, they're without two of their studs, not just Altuve, who's been out for a while. And uh, he's coming back soon. But Springer's got a back, too. Uh, what's your screenshot? What's your take as far as this sleep? Yeah, the pitching is is going to be very difficult to gauge because the the guys who are expensive are very expensive. So, uh, but they but I don't think their resume dictates them being that expensive just yet. So I think pitching is going to be where you win or lose. I mean, eight game even in eight games you're going to find plenty of offense, plenty of team totals over five and a half, and those are always big numbers. So. Uh, I think it's pitching. We're just going to have to we're going to have to pluck out the uh, on two pitcher sites, two solid pitchers, and I don't think it's obvious chalk as in like you know Verlander against the Miami Marlins today or something like that. It's it's going to be tough to figure it out. And that's what we're going to have to figure out. Well, Chop, the name that's popping, obviously, you know, if you have all, all the way in the world, the best pitcher in the slate, I think it's pretty clear uh, is Patrick Corbin facing a Mets team that's pretty terrible. Not just pretty terrible, but uh, they're uh, you know without. Uh, Conforto still uh, missing. Cano is not in there. Of course, Corbin's a lefty, so that wouldn't be as imposing. Cano, I'm not sure if he's getting benched because it's a lefty or because he didn't run up, a, you know, a play the other day. You know, they weren't happy about that. But also from a K perspective, this lineup pops too. Last two seasons, Chopper, we're looking at 25.6% K percent. Uh, this team's like striking out collectively versus left-handers. Corbin, of course, you know, what the last two years over 30%. Sure, better uh, K numbers versus lefties as opposed to righties, 35.4% versus lefties. And we're looking at 20, uh, 28.9 versus righties, which is still really positive, obviously. Uh, it's one lefty at the top, McNeil, and then it's a pile of righties. Do you think he's worth it is the question. I think for cash games, uh, DK, fantasy draft, I think he's somebody you play because there's a, enough. There's some weird prices out there today, Chop, on some on some guys. And we'll, we'll dig into that when we talk about some hitters. But it's you, you can get Corbin um, and still get most of the bats you want. On Fanduel, it's a little bit of a conversation just because, uh, uh, well, Corbin's pretty expensive, well, fairly expensive, and uh, Peacock, uh, your boy, uh, from Houston is is kind of cheap. So it's a decision I'm sort of making, and that gets you like an extra three or four bats or so or something like that. So how much are you prioritizing Corbin? I, I think I like him on the two-pitcher sites. I know I like him on the two-pitcher sites. Oh, man, Dean, that's a tough one because uh, I feel like uh, it's a, it's too much money in general. And I've, I'm I'm a guy who's coming off of being burned. I think back to back games now by uh, the good, the great New York Mets pitchers against Miami this weekend. I think it was 
those. And I just, in general, general this year, the the stud pitchers just aren't really aren't really delivering enough. So I don't know, man. There's a lot of a. Uh, you say we could fit in bats comfortably, and we we probably could fit in some decent bats pretty comfortably, but the the studs are priced up way way high. So I mean, it, maybe it would behoove you to uh, go cheaper at pitching. I, I'm probably not on the Corbin train tonight. I, I think I'll run one team on FanDuel, maybe one team on DraftKings, and. I don't think I'll spend this kind of much money on uh, Corbin. All right, so who are you rostering? Obviously, got to roster two dudes, not named Patrick Corbin. Who's the first guy that pops for you? I think the first guy I was looking at was Hap in a good matchup against Baltimore. He's a guy I highlighted in our email pre-show production meeting. Dean was Jay Hap because I looked at the ownership. He's going to garner some ownership. I think he's the obvious guy if you're going in the mid-range and you're not going expensive at pitchers. So he's got the matchup, got some decent – peripheral numbers the last couple of years almost 25 percent strikeout rate generally a, just a decent pitcher in a, in a good matchup I think Hap is a guy I could go I also it was a debate between him and, and Luke Weaver who's getting a lot of love from uh the bat today and I, I trust the bat and trying to pick me out some uh, some mid-range pitchers a lot of times you know three and a half team total against him is, is not it's not bad at all it's actually one of the, low, the lower team totals against on the slate so Luke Weaver and J.A. Happ is kind of where I think I'll be spending uh, my money at pitcher. I'm a little conflicted with Happ. Uh, not a great ballpark, obviously. This Baltimore team that strikes out a ton. If you look at this lineup today, specifically against lefties, uh, 29% K rate. That's awesome. Now, there's some small sample sizes in there, which might be skewing it, like Martin uh, Ruiz. We're talking about less than 40 at-bats. Wilkerson as well, less than 40 at-bats, and their numbers are jumping off the page. And, like, you know, 34 33 48% respectively. I don't know if respectively is the right word, but you're striking out 40% of the time. There's no respect on that. Um, unless you're like, you know, Joey Gallo is banging out homers and you aren't striking out. That, of course, is from the plate IQ. You guys should be taking a peek at the plate IQ uh, here at Rotor Grinders. Most of that stuff is free. Some of it, uh, you can dig into it. You know, uh, some of the extra perks are uh, for premium members only. The tricky part, though, is Hap is just not really getting Ks this year. Uh, last two years, 24.6%, but th- this year it's dropped pretty drastic. If I go ahead and pull up those numbers as I speak, I believe it's a yeah, 18.5% chop. That's the second lowest K rate on the slate. Uh, swing and strike rates would suggest it should be a little bit higher, to be fair, at 9.9%. So maybe he's getting a little bit lucky in that department, but also the velocity is down. Uh, and the other weird thing about a half is last time he pitched chop, it was the front end of a doubleheader, and he got the hook at like 60 pitches or so. Uh, and it wasn't like he was in trouble. But he was in the fifth inning, got the first guy out. I, believe he was, I, was, I was watching that game. I think he struck him out, and then all of a sudden he got the hook. And I, the announcers were talking about Girardi saying, not Girardi, uh, who's their manager now. Huh? Boom. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, so the announcers were talking about how he had arrested Penn, but it was still the front end of a doubleheader. And even Jay Happ, when he was getting taken out, he's like, you know, we have a doubleheader today. Like, why are you taking me out? Apparently, that's what he said. Uh, and it was just sort of weird. I know he gave a couple homers earlier in the game, and he wasn't spectacular, but he was fine, and he wasn't in trouble. And his pitch count was 64 pitches chopped. That's just weird. Uh, I haven't seen anything as far as him having a pitch issue today, but just stopping him at 64 – in the middle of the, the sixth inning or so and just one out and nobody on. It's just odd. Uh, anyways, yeah, I, I agree with that. I think he's in play, but I, I do prefer Weaver, as you mentioned earlier. Uh, obviously a nice ballpark there for Weaver. Uh, nice ballpark jump in, in San Diego. Six and a half as far as the total. I believe Ross uh, Weather Edge tool it was, was uh, actually kind of sort of popping to some degree. That's, that does refresh constantly. Let me refresh and see if that suggests it's better for pitching than it normally is, because I believe it was when I looked earlier today. 
Yeah, so in a sample size, this is a pretty big enough sample size, right? Chop 166 games, is that good enough for you? That I mean, six games works for me. 166 is all bonus. <laughs> six games. Uh, so the home runs are suppressed at 17.8%. And, and, you know, when it comes to weather conditions that match the current conditions today, 60 degrees, as far as the temperature, the dew points at 50.5. Um, and, you know, the runs are... Point. Hey, man. <laughs> you got to factor in everything. And, like, well, I, look, this is Come wrong. On, Brit. You're pulling a Brit on us. How's that a Brit? The, the, you know, I'm not... Like, all these obscure facts. <laughs> <laughs> you mean chop facts? Oh, man. And runs are suppressed at 6.5% as well, too. So, and, of course, that Padres lineup, uh, the fathers strike out a lot, Chopper. So, we don't have an official lineup just yet, but I suspect it's going to be full of righties that strike out a lot. I mean, yeah, I like him. Uh, the, the reason Hap was the one who I uh, initially said first, because ownership ownership projections have him higher than Weaver. Weaver's actually lower. I actually probably do, like you said, prefer Weaver slightly, especially in tournaments. Uh, and there's, there's other guys out here in this ring. Well, so it, go back to the high range, Dean. I'll tell you a guy who I think I would probably rather have than Corbin, uh, yeah. at, at least on DraftKings, where you save a pretty substantial amount of money, is, is Chris Paddock. Who's a stud? And but I, the price is pretty even on FanDuel, so I would probably lean towards Corbin there. But I can save uh, what fourteen hundred dollars on Paddock on DraftKings, less than a three-team total against uh, against Arizona tonight. Uh, well, Arizona has, I think it's two point nine five last I checked. This guy's a stud, man. I don't know if you've seen him pitch, but he's really good. I've seen him pitch. Uh, you know, I, I always talk about him whenever I think of him. I think of how the Marlins traded him for a uh, forty-seven-year-old. 47-year-old Francisco Fernando Rodney and his broken arrow. Uh, oh. Good job, Marlins. Um, but That's why you're so bitter at all the tanking, because your teams, are just they can't make good trades. Tanking in baseball is a whole other conversation. Come on, Chop. It's- no, I mean, you're just bitter at the whole the whole system. All sports. <laughs> what am I bitter about? And your teams your teams are just flailing because they can't they're make not, good trades. They're or not you're- my team anymore. We're done. We broke up. I haven't called or written or tweeted or anything. I'd, I'd be upset too, Dean. <laughs> We're no longer an item. We're both on the market. Um, so, Chop, you know, what, what pitcher in this slate that, you know, it's kind of a mixed bag as far as arms, who's got the highest hard hit rate in the slate? Uh, what's what's our criteria, Dean, based, well, I mean, on, how, based on how much time? Two well, years, one year? This season. Year. This, this season. Paddock. Yeah. <laughs> um, at 49.1%, that jumps off the page, right? Uh, his batting average on balls in play. Okay, 49% hard hit rate. Batting average on balls in play, 179. Like, that doesn't make sense. That doesn't correlate. We get a bigger sample. That's going to even out. And I, I, no way am I saying he's not, a, he's not a stud. He's absolutely a stud. But he's been super lucky also. We have to acknowledge that. He's also been lucky from a homer in the fly ball perspective uh, at 9.1%. Uh, and that kind of speaks to the, the ERA is 199. The XFIP is 361. And the Sierra th- is 347, which, again, that's all good. That's all fine. And Arizona's been good against righties, one of the better teams, top team, top 10 in the league. Uh, I believe if you look at the WRC plus they're 11, but you look at like ISO and Woba, they're like at six, seven or eight or somewhere around there. They're on the family feud board, more or less around the fringes, like four or five people out of a hundred said uh, the Diamondbacks. So again, I'm not trying to deter anybody from Paddock and also the other part of him. Uh, he did see this team prior all the other, I think all of his other starts this season where he's basically dominated. He's facing a bunch of guys that have never seen him before. This is the second time around. So these guys at least have seen Chris Paddock and whatever edge he had from the start, you know, I think is lost to some degree. Uh, also, he has to be super efficient because they don't let him go necessarily that deep, and he's done that before. Uh, I just don't know if that's going to continue. Uh, again, he's great. There's not a lot of big names in the slate, and I like him, 
but I will have less than the field for all those reasons. I mean, I wouldn't blame you, Dean. That's fine. I just, for me, I, like I said, on FanDuel, the prices are similar enough. I would lean Corbin. But on DraftKings, I probably would want the big savings. That's a pretty substantial amount of money. I'm seeing DraftKings have some guys priced up over five grand, some bats that I like. And if, that's, if that gets me to a guy who I think is going to crack a home run as opposed to a guy who I think is very mediocre, I'll take Paddock. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's uh, worth a shot on DraftKings. On fantasy draft, Corbin's 21-1 for what it's worth. And the difference there is Paddock is 18-6. That's pretty good. That's pretty good savings right there too. Weaver, right. by the way, sixteen two. I think that's that's really that's really solid. I like that price a good bit. Um, so who? Uh, what about Brad, Brad 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 Peacock? Talk to me about the, him against the White Sox. That, that's your team, Chopper. And by the way, before we talk about that, why are they? Why your team, the Rockets? Why are they suspended on Twitter? What happens? Well, you know? the Rockets you... the Rockets like team Twitter account apparently has been suspended on Twitter. I have no clue, Dean. Okay, I have nice. no clue what happened, but <laughs> yeah. it's interesting. I'll check into it, but uh, I thought you got a hold of the account and did something goofy. I wasn't really sure what was going on. No, I was no, I'm not doing anything goofy, Dean. But uh, <laughs> back to Pete. Yeah, I've already changed out my screensaver from Harden to George Springer, so I've got to move on with life, Dean. It's 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 baseball season now for the Astros. Got to support them. So, Brad Peacock. I think yeah, Dean. You asked me a question earlier. And it was kind of a trick question because we were talking about Paddock, about hard hits. So I knew the answer was Paddock. I'm going to give up a softball. Who's got the highest K rate over the last two years on this lady? That's a, fr- that's a fraudulent question because uh, – <laughs> No, that, that's a fraudulent because Peacock was pitching out of the bullpen and he was pitching a full, full throttle. So striking guys out of the bullpen counts for less, basically. It counts for less Ks per nine. So you think if Josh Hader was a starting pitcher tomorrow, he would have the same K rate? Yeah, he just wouldn't work very deep in the games. And it may actually, him actually eventually start to hit him a little bit, but he'd still be striking guys out at a pretty phenomenal rate. Peacock's uh, K rate this year is down to twenty three point three percent. Like the, he's not going full force every pitch. He's got to pace himself. He's not. He's potentially going six innings. Oh man! You, come on, Chop. You know this. Point being, Dean, highest K rate over the last two seasons. A fraudulent the- question, though. <laughs> He's 8,900, which is a is a bit much on DraftKings. I could play him on some other sites. FanDuel, it's a pretty decent price tag. Uh, it's a it's a good matchup. I think it's a good matchup. So, uh, and I mean, I put a lot of uh, I put a lot of stock into what Las Vegas tells us. If the if team totals are super high or super low, I think I kind of I let that guide me a little bit. This is a really good team total against him. Only 3.4 on this particular state. That's pretty good. So. Actually, well, that's also because his bullpen's really good. I get it, Dean. Well, then on FanDuel, you're going to get the win a little. You got more of a chance at the win, and that helps for $7,800, you know? So Is he going to get the quality start, though? Is he I mean, it, why wouldn't he? I would think so. I think the matchup is prime. I think – I mean, the numbers dictate uh, that he's pretty good here. The Sierra is pretty low. The XFIP, those are the things you like to use. That's all pretty low. I mean – I like Peacock. He's fair. DraftKings priced up a little bit too much. FanDuel, I think he's playable. We're just spitballing on guys who are uh, who are in this range that you can play. Another guy with a pricing difference, like let's say Pe- Peacock is more expensive than Darvish on DraftKings. So clearly, I would want Darvish on DraftKings, but it's the opposite on FanDuel. Darvish is nine hundred more. So that's clearly a Peacock on FanDuel thing. So I think I let the salaries dictate. Darvish is a. Uh, Six hundred on DraftKings. I think that's. I think that's very playable. I don't know. I, if you're don't, want, I don't want Darvish. What's that? 
I just don't want Darvish. He's he is he is pretty trashy in general. That's why I'll be going down to the Luke Weaver or Jay Happ range. But what was it? Uh, I got the I got the push alert earlier from RG that said something about Darvish has like thirty four percent K rate over the last thirty days. Is that enough sample size or what's this walk rate? Thirty also thirty four percent. Dean, that's not that's rude. <laughs> His walk rate is you – know, he, he went last game without walking anybody, but before that, he had six walks versus Miami, five versus St. Louis, four versus Arizona. Uh, it, you know, as far as the season, as far as his walk rate, I can go ahead and pull that up too. Uh, walks per nine is 7.07 walks per nine. That's an insane number. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's a big, it's a big number, Dean. You're just you're, – you're rostering a guy like Darvish in tournaments for upside because he could sh- come out and strike out a lot of guys. He's going to walk guys. If, if somehow he gets it under control, you could have a big performance. It's a tournament play. It's uh, strictly on DraftKings because of the pricing, and that's about all it is. We're just – we're spitballing, Dean. That's all we're doing. You don't have to yell at me, man. <laughs> I need an extreme, extreme, extreme uh, – Dean, I got one for you. Yeah. Who has the lowest hard hit rate – over the last two years amongst these pitchers? Um, it's probably you, Darvish. There you go, Bingo. 27.1% hard hit rate. Only That's lower than anybody else on the slate, so that's pretty good. All you got to do is avoid – basically, I guess what we're saying is avoid the walks, right, Dean? So let's yes. take a look at Philly and their walk rate amongst their hitters that are in this projected in the starting lineup to, or in the starting lineup. Pull up yeah. plate IQ, Dean, and tell me what that looks like because that, that may answer our question for us. McCutcheon at 15%, Harper at 19%, Hoskins at 12 and change, Hernandez at 12 and change as well. Like, Romuto and Franco and Herrera don't walk much, but uh, – and, again, as far as the hard hit rate, that has nothing to do with the fact, like, okay, when the, when the bases are, are loaded and on all walks, okay, maybe the ball's not hitting hard, but you can hit a fly out the right field. That's a run on a side of So what are you saying, Dean? Are you trying to, like – just navigate all stats to your liking and, and bend every narrative to you. This is what we can do all day long in baseball. I could bend everything, Dean. You could give me hard hit percentage over the last 30 days. That looks great. I could up that to 34 days, and all of a sudden it looks bad. And we can bend this stuff all we want, Dean. I'm just giving you the numbers, man. Good. I'll give you something that's not going to happen today. Uh, the, Giants, uh, just like, the Giants are not going to homer off Soraka. That's just like not going to happen. Uh, they have basically no power outside of like Brandon Belt, but – uh, Soraka, his, his fly ball rate this season, Chopper, is 21.9%. He's not given up a home run the entire year. Uh, the extended to last year, Soraka, right, and again, not a huge sample size, we're talking 62.1 innings. He's given up one homer in his life uh, in the majors. I believe he, that's what he came up last year, correct? Uh, and 22.8% fly ball rate, and he's protected by cavernous San Francisco. Uh, it's just not happening. I, I, I would happily wager – uh, that he's just not he's just not giving up a homer versus San Fran. Not happening. What are the odds? What are the odds there, Dean? What are the odds? I don't know. Three no, one. Well, you, you make up an odd. Make up an odds, and I'll, and I'll challenge you to it. Give me give me seventy five to one. Well, no. I mean, come on, <laughs> seventy five to one that's, on one. That's pretty standard. That's pretty standard <laughs> stuff these days. Uh, that's that's not pretty standard. And again, if you fire up the old plate IQ chopper, as far as you know, you see the San Francisco lineup, and it's only guy that that's in the green as far as isolated power is Belt. Everybody else is a you know pink and red and different shades of that 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 sort of pinkish hue. Uh, it's not good. Uh, we don't have the official lineup, but I promise you, uh, there's not a lot of power in there. Even Mac Williamson, uh, not a lot of power, which is kind of surprising. Uh, last two seasons at 106 at bats versus righties, I thought his would be higher. He's like in the middle of the road as far as ISO, but. Uh, it's just not happening. Soraka's not going to go a homer today. Done. I mean, I'm not going to argue with you, Dean. I see, I see a stat, and I and I and I want to believe it, and I believe it. So yeah, 
the, the home runs, he's not, he doesn't give up home runs. So I get it. Yeah, and he's they're saying Jack, he's due for regression and he's got a 0% home run the fly ball rate this year. And if he extended out the last year, uh, it's 2.4%. He's got one homer in 62 innings. But again, in order to give up homers, you have to give up fly balls. And he's giving up like 22% fly balls. And he's insane. So what are you saying? Do you'd rather go uh, Soraka than Paddock? Uh, I'm saying he's a. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying that the yes, downside I, of Soraka is the strikeouts probably aren't correct in the same ballpark as a guy like Paddock. That's your downside, and for the most part, I think we in in tournaments you definitely want a guy who strikes more guys out, even if it's more risky. In in cash games, I think you can play the run prevention, you know, low strikeout rate kind of guy in cash games. And in, in tournaments, though, you want you want some high upside. But yeah, I get it. They're asking me to refund all lineups that have Soraka if he gives them a homer and like. Oh, that's a good one. I like what, the way this chat's thinking. What, what do I look like over here? Fandle with their Tiger Woods mush? Or, <laughs> I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not falling for that. But uh, yeah, I, I just don't think he's going to give up a homer. That's it. Uh, do you like any of the rest of this garbage? Do we need any of the rest of this garbage? Uh, no. Uh, let me see here. Uh, down at the bottom, there's really nothing there that. I mean, if you want to get a if you want to get a guaranteed win, you you play Andrew Kashner because he's a win machine. <laughs> he's a win machine, <laughs> and that matters, Dean. That matters. What? That matters. You need to get the win sometimes. So I legit don't know his record. He's four and two. I thought like maybe he had like a weird something goofy, but uh, hey, leave that team in wins, man. That's probably true, and I don't know who's second. No, I don't. I mean, you want to take a stab at a guy like Felix Pena? I'm not, well, no, I don't want to do that because that's a tough matchup, but. I was gonna say he's not even the starter. I don't think. I think he's the uh, the second guy coming in. I'm not even. I'm not even sure how half this stuff works these days. I like I the second guy coming in because he gets to, he gets an easier lineup. He's, yeah, he I think that's Felix Pena tonight, right? So yeah. I mean, but it's a tough matchup, so I probably wouldn't go there. I'm with you. I think looking at salaries on DraftKings and and fantasy draft, my cutoff point is JA half. After that, below that, uh, I really can't bring – I mean, Arietta, we'll get into that when we talk about hitters. He's probably a guy I'd rather, much rather stack against than, than to play as a pitcher. And then the rest of the guys are hot garbage. A few of those guys at the bottom got nearly 16 totals against them. So, I don't want to play that. Uh, I mean, I don't mind. Minor, I just hate that ballpark. And, of course, you know, he does have the pitcher's umpire for what it's worth. But – there are some K's in that Seattle lineup that, you know, we're talking about 25.7% collectively. There's no, you know, it's the AL, so there's no uh, pitcher to pick on. But, you know, Domingo Santana strikes out a ton. Beckham, Crawford, Murphy, uh, Malix. There's a lot of K's there for what it's worth. And Miner is, uh, you know, from a K perspective, he's basically middle of the road, you know, at league average from, you know, what we're talking about last two years, 21.5%. So I'd say he's playable. Just kind of looking to the rest of the names. Like, I like Odorizzi, but the Angels just don't strike out at all. Uh, they're really, really hard to pick on, especially now they added um, – uh, oh, dude, I can't – why am I drawing a blank as far as the pitcher that, that also hits? Uh, Otani. Otani's that lineup as well, too, which, which strengthens it. Uh, Leak, I can't talk to. He's actually a hitter who pitches. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Gangnam style, I'm not playing him uh, for the Mets. Uh, you know, Burr, uh, I think that the, the – uh, the, he's just the opener, Burr, but the Astros are going to play the role of Hamilton. Uh, they might not murder or take a shot at Burr, but they're they're definitely gonna. Well, they might beat him up to some degree. The Astros lineup is somewhat suppressed for what it's worth. But uh, your favorite hitters, before we go around the horn chopper, give me like your favorite hitter or two as far as this slate. My favorite hitter or two amongst everybody. Sure. Well, let me see. Maybe here. even somebody you actually told Devin in our pre-show that he kind of already has loaded up for you. I, I, well, 
the thing is, is uh, the pre-show meeting is about guys who you think are going to be a make a difference on the slate. So we'll get into home runs and stuff later. But as far as like a difference maker, I think it's always interesting when you get a guy like Gary Sanchez in a phenomenal matchup in a big ballpark or in a, in a good hitter's ballpark, and he's high priced like this. I think it's very interesting because you have two sets of people, guys who are going to spin up on Sanchez, and I really don't think – I don't think the ownership is that high. And then there's guys who like to punt the position. I get it. And uh, in cash games, I definitely think you're looking for the lowest dollar catcher in, in a decent bat- spot in the batting or whatever. That's fine. But in tournaments, you can play a guy like Gary Sanchez, who's the same price as the elite hitters on the slate. And I think you can be different and you have high upside. A matchup with Andrew Kashner in Baltimore, and he's projected uh, – Derek, Derek Cardi has him projected, like, amongst the elite hitters tonight. You're getting him at this position where – if this guy was an outfielder, I think people would uh, do a double take and he'd be a lot more, a lot higher owned and, and we're going to get him for uh, for peanuts here as far as ownership. So Gary Sanchez is a guy that can make or break a slate because if you're playing and you're in the minority and everybody else is punting and their punting doesn't work out, which it usually doesn't, and he has one of those massive Gary Sanchez games where he goes for two home runs, you can, you can win tournaments. And, and then again, if he goes 0 for 4, which is very classic in baseball, everybody who saved three grand is, is, is got the leg up on you. Hey, did you happen to partake in the, the Rotor Grinders like home run survivor game? I did not. Uh, my, my play this week is Gary Sanchez. I'm still alive. I'm still surviving. It's a fun game. It's a fun concept. Every single week you pick a new guy, and if you, you're doing homers that week, you move on to the next week. And uh, not sure who we're down to, but Sanchez is my guy this week. And maybe he bangs one out. Just uh, He kills the suspense and knocks one out tonight. Uh, since we're on catchers, talk about catchers. Let's kind of go around the horn. Let's start at the catchers. And uh, I like the Minnesota guys. Castro seems pretty cheap too. Uh, where is he? He landed seventh in the lineup. Would hope he a little bit higher. Of course, you got La Tortuga batting third. Uh, he's <laughs> his K rate, by the way, versus righties in the majors, 0.8 percent, which is just hilarious. Uh, what's his walk rate, Chopper? Zero. His walk rate is 1.5 percent. I should. I, I don't know why I guess I, I I got thrown off. I was looking for. I think he faced you Darvish once. That's probably what happened. <laughs> Who else do you like at catcher? If you're going to save salary, if you're not going to go all the way up for Sanchez, of course you know this. The people know this. Watching out there, we live in the world of a salary cap. You can't just have the best players at every position. Give me your favorite cheapy catcher. I would. I guess right now, as of now, with the lines we have out there, uh, I'm going to say Jan Gomes at twenty seven hundred dollars. Looks fair. I mean, he, he usually gets a – and then again, well, he's getting a, he's getting kind of a high ownership too. He's, he's the punt, I guess. At 16%, he's the punt play everybody prefers. Gary Sanchez is around the same ownership, and he's the high-priced guy. So take that for – actually, if I'm playing, I'm probably looking at Wilson Ramos because I'm not playing Corbin. I know it's a tough matchup, but he's typically pretty good against lefties. Has a good spot in the batting order, fifth. Only 6% ownership. That, I think Wilson Ramos is the guy that could do it. And the kids call that a leverage play, too. It's also a revenge game. And look who, look who decided to set her face in the, in the chat here. And uh, I don't know. I'm feeling a little excluded. <laughs> Big <laughs> T just jumps in and just says, chop. Does he not realize I'm here, too? Or is that, was that – I don't know what's – He's. I told you, Dean, he's mad because you snitched on us to the <laughs> – <laughs> the, the, the bosses that we we didn't get to do shows no more. Yes, that's exactly what happened. He's that's very upset. He's very upset. <laughs> uh, he can jump on, man. The room's open. Uh, D train can make it happen for sure. Uh, in the middle of the road, you talked about Sanchez all the way up. I like Castro again, the mid tier, uh, and don't mind La Tortuga either at three point three k on DK. Of course, on you know fans draft, you don't need a roster or catcher. Don't go your way for it. Of course, you can throw him in your stack. 
Uh, let's jump to first base here, Chop. And again, speaking of salary cap restrictions to some degree, uh, Kenry's Morales is super, super cheap, you know, on the road in Baltimore against Castro in that bullpen positive ballpark as well. Uh, teammate Voight's pretty, uh, pretty expensive. He's obviously somebody that's worth looking at as well, too. But I think uh, in the middle is E5, Edwin Encarnacion versus Mike Miner. Fine pitcher, but I like that ballpark bump. Uh, and again, it's, it's hot in Texas. Nice to see 87 degrees out there. Where are you at as far as first base? Well, I think you just mentioned a couple of my guys. I, I like Kendrys Morales, a really good price tag. Uh, great matchup. Everything about the Yankees looks good tonight. So you got that going for us. Uh, you mentioned Edwin. I think this is a good matchup for him. And uh, outside of that, uh, we could go with guys. I mean, there's high-priced guys. Uh, if you have all the money to spend and you're, you're going cheap at pitcher, you know, a Luke Voigt is is a, an awesome play in a vacuum, but such a high price. I think a guy like Yonder Alonso is getting a lot of love from a lot of people I've read this morning, so I get that at only 3.1K. And uh, I think another guy who's going to kind of fly under there is Ryan Healy against against Miner. I think that's a pretty good matchup for Healy. 3.7K on DraftKings. So those are, those are the guys I have highlighted. I didn't have any expensive first baseman highlighted, but – Clearly, if you're just looking for raw points, yeah, I don't, I don't think you go wrong with Luke Voigt or even Anthony Rizzo. I think Rizzo. Yeah, I think the Cubs. We'll, I think we'll, are we going to talk about stacks later, Dean? Yeah, that, you've been on the show before, right? <laughs> it's been so long because you keep suppressing my uh, <laughs> my show schedule that I didn't know how it works. But okay, we'll talk about the Cubs later. But I, I, that's that's a stack I like. So Rizzo is definitely on the radar. Big T's in chat saying he's uh, he's not even trying to hide the fact he's playing hooky. He's not at the golf cart, <laughs> the off the golf course. <laughs> hey, you are accusing that man of skipping for playing golf when actually his daughter has an event he had to attend today at the golf course. Oh, I'm a big jerk then. You yeah. are, dude. You got man. You are just <laughs> on you know what got me there, Chop. That was karma. I was because I was a jerk earlier today, and I got away with it. Oh. <laughs> How sweet uh, it is. How sweet it is. Hey, Dean. Yeah. yeah. Before we move on to, to second base, mm -hmm. how much of a chance do you give Toronto in winning this series against Milwaukee? I mean, I said at the start of the series, they had a puncher's chance. Uh, and I guess they still have a puncher's chance. But, you know, they're not fully knocked out just yet. And, you know, they look terrible the first two games, but it's still 2-1. Like, if you win by 70, you win by 1, it doesn't matter. The scoreboard's still 2-1, right? Uh yeah, I mean, they obviously got to even it up out there ne next time. And, hope you know, Kawhi is dealing with a, a slight injury. And I guess Lowry's dealing with a slight injury as far as his finger. But they got a shot. I don't think they're going to, you know, I don't think they're going to win. But I wouldn't just rule it out. They got a better chance than Portland, if we can say that. I mean, that's odds are they, Odds are they get beat in this series by Milwaukee. Do you think, do you think when it's all said and done, they should have just tanked from day one and tried, no. had a shot at Zion? No. Why not? <laughs> They, they clearly don't have a shot at beating. Oh, gosh, Chop. Ridiculous. <laughs> Every team should die on with the good in that Toronto uniform. You know, you, you, you think New Orleans fans are upset they held out Anthony Davis for the last month of the season? Do, do you think Memphis fans I, are upset? I could go down the list of teams who didn't get that number one pick, Dean, and who are pretty upset that once you get past a certain point, plus we don't even know about how good he's going to be, but he would look good in the Toronto uniform. He should have, maybe they should have, how good would that guy look next to McCollum and uh, Lillard? Boy, they should, they really should have tanked from day one. They never had a shot at beating the Warriors. I mean, yeah, look, it's, uh, I know you're being foolish. <laughs> we won't move on. That you're mocking. So 
you're, you're trying to mock math, but that's okay. That, that's fine. Uh, look, I'm happy to have the conversation in an extended format on another platform when we have time for it. We're rolling here. We got 20 minutes. We're already to second base. We're good. We got to ask the, you know, the chat. We got to answer the, the questions from chat. We got to do like the, oh, that's what crunch time's for, man. I don't know what. Chat, I, I, like, I like to appease the people. The people want that they want to have answers as far as the. They'd rather the, have you try to justify your taking. Uh, <laughs> take, I mean, it's fully have. justified. I, I can just point to a calculator, and that's good enough for me. Uh, or I can point to the Detroit Pistons. I'm sure the Pistons fans are thrilled. And of course, you know, uh, they're going to get some great free agents because the free agents are all lining up to play in Detroit. No offense to Detroit, but it's, it's not a popular city, uh, and you know, when compared to all the other, uh, you know, major options there in Toronto too. Like Toronto's just not going to get anybody, and they might lose Kawhi as well. So uh, maybe they should tank their shot. No, they should have obviously not. Uh, Keystone position, second base. What do you have for me? <sighs> for me, raw points is probably going to be Odor at forty-three hundred dollars. Uh, I think he's the guy that has the best chance to hit a homer. So Odor, raw points against Mike Leake. Solid batting six in the lineup. But if we're going to save money, uh, there's not a real a whole lot. I think I'd rather spend up at second base here. As far as salary savers, there's guys like – but they're, they're bad, man. Hanser Alberto is, is there at 2.9. Sanchez at 2.7. Don't like that matchup against Peacock in that bullpen. But uh, saving money's tough at this position. In fact, that's where I'm calling it. I think I'm spending money at second base for sure. I can save with – Kendrick Morales at first base or some of those guys we talked about. Second base, I don't want to save money. I, I want to get Odor in my lineup. Odor or even go, uh, well, I don't want to say Danny Santana, but that's that's too expensive for Santana. But Tournaments he, for sure. Mayhew, I'll spin up on that route. But I think Odor's clearly my number one option at this position. This dude playing for the Twins, uh, he's young. He's 22. I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of who he was. Uh, he was called up. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Luis. Uh, is playing for the Twins, and he's super, super cheap. He needs some salary savers as well, too. Perez? Perez? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to take a stab at it and, and butcher it, but, uh, you know, Adrian's is also super cheap. I've, I've heard of him, so I can pronounce that dude's name. Uh, otherwise, I mean... Yeah, but do you really want to pick on Garrett Cole? Well, that's, uh, that's Taylor Cole. He's the opener, and Felix, he probably won't even oh. see Taylor Cole. Oh, really? Um, oh, okay, that changes things. He's going to relieve him at some, quite early, I suspect. Uh, what do you have for me at uh, and I, I agree with you as far as our door and Gordon's leading off against Miner and lefty and lefty whatever but you got to presume he's going to get five ABs and you know some against that pen as well too so I uh, don't mind Gordon it's more so in like a Seattle stack of some sort uh, what do you have for me as far as third hot corner uh, I think we're back to Ryan Healy at thirty seven hundred dollars against Mike Miner being one of the better plays on the board at this position this position is actually pretty weak today your boy. Uh, Ostadilio, what, what, I, don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. La Tortuga. Yeah, he's at this position, but obviously if you're playing him, you'd rather just stick him at catcher. So uh, I think outside of Healy, who we've already talked about, Ostadilio, who's uh, you're going to play at catcher, a guy like Asdrubal Cabrera, because Mike Leak is going to jump out. And I'm looking at a uh, lineup HQ right now, and I'm seeing he's got the rainbow working for him. He, all four colors lit up. So can't go wrong with that. It's a little known fact, Dean. What's that? When a guy has all four colors lit up in lineup HQ, he has homered 78% of the time on that slate. I don't believe that's true. I think that's a chop fact, actually. <clears throat> Fairly certain you just made Take it up. For what it's worth. Miguel Sano is on the board, Minnesota, against uh, Garrett Cole's little brother, Taylor. Uh, yeah. And then one more for you, Dean. One more guy I like. 
kind of a little bit more expensive than I would like him to be, but I'll live with it as Josh Donaldson because history tells me he's always been good against left-handers. He gets a matchup with a left-hander. That's where I want to go. You have uh, one or two big spins on this slate, Chop. How much do you prioritize Bregman? Man, he's so good. I don't, I don't know that I prioritize him because uh, there's some other guys I really like too, but yeah, that, actually, he's up there, man. There's about three guys above 5,300 or so, and, and they're toss-up for me, and he's, he's one of the three guys. I think he's in the conversation, and we'll talk about outfielders in a second, and there's a lot of outfielders I like that are kind of expensive, but the mid-tier, like the, the outfielders where we're seeing some like kind of some goofy prices, some guys that seem mispriced, so, um, and that's probably a way to get leverage as far as tournaments. You just roster the expensive guys in the outfield, and they're going to go low on for sure just because that's how it works, and that's how a lot of fields work. Uh, if you can't get the Bregman, I think Cabrera, I wish that dribble wasn't buried there in the seven hole, but, uh, you know, we're looking at a team total around six or so, and Leak is a guy that's pretty vulnerable, obviously. So, uh, and the price kind of reflects it. Like, one, either Healy or Azdribble for me uh, are probably the, the, the dollar for dollar best play. And if you want to fire against Peacock, I have no issues with Makata because that's uh, one of those deals where Peacock is more vulnerable to lefties, and Makata is one hitter, uh, much better hitter versus righties than versus lefties. So, it kind of sort of matches up perfectly. Uh, of course, that bullpen's pretty strong, too. Obviously, the ballpark's not particularly appealing. It's a ballpark downgrade for Makata. Jump to shortstop, Chop. What do you have for me? I think raw points, we're talking about guys like Correa, who's priced up. Uh, even Trey Turner is a, is a good, solid play. Uh, High-priced guys, Glaber Torres stands out. All the Yankees do, but Torres is not bad. Not bad spot there either as far as uh, trying to save a little money and get a little – I actually think uh, – I don't know if he's going to be the most popular guy today, but Tim Beckham is going to get a lot of ownership. He's going to get a lot of attention against Mike Miner, so and only $3,500 on DraftKings. So Tim Beckham is there. If you don't want to go that route, I mean, Machado. Maybe you go Machado. He's $600 more. I don't love the matchup against Weaver, but clearly the guy's a stud, and he's going to come in at much less ownership than Tim Beckham. So, uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's either you spin down and eat the chalk with Tim Beckham because he's so cheap or – or you spend up and you're going with a guy like Correa or even Blaybar Torres. Yeah, uh, and in the middle, the middle there, if you, you know, you're kind of looking for your cash game, you need to save some salary. I agree, Beckham, I think it's pretty interesting at 3.5K on DK and a comparable price there on fantasy draft as well. Of course, you don't have the roster of shortstop on fantasy draft. Um, yeah, let's jump to the outfield chop. And this is where a lot of like, again, we're seeing some weird prices on certain guys that, I'm, you know, uh, some guys, just, you know, McCutcheon's just too cheap. Harper's too cheap. The, the, the Phillies in general are too cheap. Uh, and then you have Gallo, who's just like jumps off the page, is like kind of expensive, but of course he can justify that price in one swing. Uh, all the power in the world of facing, you know, uh, you know, positive splits there against the righty and Mike Leak, and Mike Leak is not a guy that's gonna blow a ball. It's not gonna blow past you. So Gallo probably puts the ball in play. Uh, Ariana's been vulnerable to lefties as well too, and Schwarber's leading off, and he's pretty cheap as well. He's another guy I'm looking at. Not a, he's not a kind of all or nothing guy like Gallo. Uh, and that's why it's hard for me to justify spending all the way up for, for, uh, for outfielders. In, in tournaments, of course, you can do whatever because, you know, you kind of take advantage of things like that. But for cash games, I think you kind of go in the mid-tier. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think the first guy that jumps out to me at 3,500 is uh, Kyle Schwarber in a, in, a, in a good matchup against Arietta. He's going to be popular. I think, uh, I think I saw the ownership numbers before the show, and I think they had him at the second highest owned outfielder on the board. So, at least on DraftKings. So uh, we'll take it, a look at that. We're going to show it in a second. We're, we're going to step aside right. here. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Uh, 
we'll see what we have as far as ownership. Yeah, he's chalky, but man, the price, he, he's, he's been leading off. He's got the leadoff spot again tonight. He's been doing well. So you want to eat that chalk, Kyle Schwarber's fine. Raw points, I think you mentioned some guy. Like Gallo has to be the guy who has the best opportunity to home run tonight. I don't know, Mike Leake's home run rates get allowed, but I mean, Gallo just, any given slate, he's the guy. But he's so super expensive, as is Trout. And in fact, man, Trout's $100 cheaper. That's, that's weird, that's, right? That's a tough one for me to swallow going Gallo over Trout, but it's worth it a lot of times. But uh, uh, that's your expensive guys. As far as per dollar, who's got some of the best opportunity tonight? I think um, some of the Minnesota Twins outfield of Max Kepler, Eddie Rosario are there. I would probably lean Kepler. He's 500 cheaper. It's a pretty good matchup out there. These guys are smashing. This offense is really good. And, I mean, you mentioned walk rates with Bryce Harper earlier and you Darvish, and Bryce Harper's only four grand. So, in a cash game for four grand, he's the kind of outfielder you're looking for. You know, he's, he's going to get you points, and if things break his way, he'll hit a home run too. But only four grand, he doesn't have to do a lot in a cash game. So, yeah, that's where I am. There's, there's Trout's teammate out there, Otoni, who's a very good hitter, only four grand. There's a lot of ways you could go with this. The chalkiest guy on the slate in the outfield, Dean, is going to be Aaron Hicks. Can you believe that? Is that true? Is that what we have as far as ownership? I, I have the pitchers pulled up again. We'll show in a second. But uh, I can definitely believe that because he's facing Andrew Kastner. He's at the top of the order. They're on the road. So he, he's got a really solid shot at five ABs. Of course, he hasn't done much this year because he's been hurt basically the entire season. But uh, yeah, And the price is fair. So, yeah, I definitely believe that. He's, he's certainly in play for me even in cash games. Yeah, he's there. Another guy, Tony Kemp, real quick, if you want to finish it off. Tony Kemp, the chats are actually talking about Tony Kemp. I think it's I think it's interesting, Dean, that this guy really smashes, man. He's a really good hitter, right? He's just a really good hitter. The Astros take shots on guys like this in the draft and in free agency, and, and they deliver because they're just good hitters. He's just a good, solid hitter, and I have no problems with little Tony Kemp action tonight. In fact, that Astros stack has got to be one of the best on the board. Well, it's weird because it's, you know, obviously a different lineup without Springer, without Altuve. It's not nearly as deep, obviously. Um, geez, the, the lowest isolated power on the slate for, for, for Houston is Reddick, which is kind of surprising. Um, yeah, if you look at and Guriel's second. Uh, yeah, it's, 